Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. What is up, everyone, and welcome to this episode of From the Ground Up podcast. So guess what? There are two people that were very, very nice enough to sponsor this podcast, and it's Emily and Ed of Snake Discovery. So please go check out what they have being produced over there. Go check out their YouTube channel as well as the website. Um, Go support Emily and Ed. I know that they are working hard to open up a zoo, so keep an eye on that as well as uh, all the amazing animals that they're producing. So please go check out Emily and Ed of Snake Discovery. Other than that, portcitypets.com. Sorry, I did did the plural. Portcitypet.com or portcitypythons.com. But uh, yeah, isopods available, biostrate. Um, just mixed up a whole bunch of isostrate today as well as biostrate. So isostrate is the substrate in which is made specifically to keep isopods, cultures of isopods. It has all the perfect ingredients to uh, to keep them feeding for, for quite a bit as well as some calcium in there as well. And uh, my, my isopods do amazing on it as well as uh, I have some isopods in the biostrate as well. And they do just as well, uh, honestly, probably better. But that's... Uh, it's just the biostrate is pretty expensive to make, so it's just more cost efficient to keep it in there. But uh, yeah, so check out the biostrate. That is basically my mix of uh, my take on ABG. So you can use it across many vivariums, and uh, I particularly like it for my snakes. Uh, it tends to tends to hold moisture good, but doesn't really leave that that moist kind of layer like you see in a lot of dart frog enclosures. I'm sure if you kept it like that, it would work that way, but. Uh, but yeah, so I've been enjoying using it for my snakes, or uh, you can try it out on any of your bioactive vivariums. Also, we have some snakes available. We have some geckos available. So I have the gargoyle geckos, which actually were produced by Chris Paintshop. And uh, we had an awesome gecko episode with Chris not too long ago, so please go check out that, as well as some crested geckos up for sale, as well as some corn snakes, of course, up for sale. So um, Isaac actually said, and I meant to... I meant to bring this up. Isaac said in the comments, I want some PCP stickers. Well, guess what? I don't have PCP stickers, but what I did make is I made some stickers for these new coconut hides that I got. So I decided to make two inch round stickers that say cocoa hide event or basically and have Port City Python or Port City Pet logo above it. And I don't know, I'm kind of an idiot. I made the sticker probably a little bit too big and it doesn't stick to a coconut. I'm not sure how I'm going to use it, but I can send you some um, some cocoa Port City Pet stickers, some cocoa hide ones. And maybe I'll get them. Give me one second. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm, I feel like my sticker wall, there's the cocoa hides uh, sticker right there, but I feel like my sticker wall is kind of lacking. So if you guys want to, I would love for you to send me some stickers. I'm So this here is the coconut hide that I just picked up. I'm just trying to gain some different reptile supplies, just different things that I can offer people and to try to eventually build up enough stock to, you know, call it one-stop shop, maybe, you know, an online pet store essentially. 
yeah, here's the the Coco Heights stickers. I went out of my way to design this one morning, and it is one of my favorite designs that I made for a product. But uh, yep, now I just have a giant roll of all these stickers that don't actually stick on to the coconuts. But hey, <coughs> I may uh, I don't know I may tape them on, and just so if someone buys a a coconut hide, then uh, you get a sticker with it. Also, I've been I've been really just throwing in some random freebies into into the packages lately. If anyone is buying off the website, you may get something. So I have some prototype um, products and stuff that I've been sending out with with certain orders, depending on what animals I know that you keep, and as well as I've been sending out some of those stickers. So yeah, poorcitypet.com. Please go check it out. That would be neat. Um, yeah, and send me your stickers. Just give me a send me a message on Instagram. So whoever's listening to this on the download won't realize, but I am running late today. It is seven forty-five almost, so I probably started about forty minutes late or so. And you know, it's just been a crazy, crazy time of year. I had to. So usually, I don't have time to go drive down to the hub or where. FedEx ships out from. So typically I have Shippy Reptiles uh, set up a pickup for me. So usually FedEx comes right to my house and today they didn't have a pickup for whatever reason. They're supposed to be, there's usually a 6 to 11 window in which I usually take and I usually pick up at about 6.30. But this time I guess I was just a little bit too late and there was only a 4 o'clock window, 4.30 and I called at 4.30 so that wasn't going to work. So I had to go out to the hub out to drop off my package as well as on the way home I needed to get something to eat. So I went to Halal Guys. Come on, who doesn't love Halal Guys? So Halal Guys started at a food truck. This isn't a commercial, but I was just – I had falafel and rice and some lettuce and tomato and some pita. It was amazing. And there's they have this hot sauce in which I'm a person who really, really loves hot sauce. And I swear this is like the thickest – hottest commercially available hot sauce it's amazing like you just need one squirt in the whole thing and people usually find it way too hot i get four nice lines yeah they measure it out in lines that they put in there in your food it's it's good don't worry about it what am i talking about so and then on the way home i was like i gotta do this podcast by myself plus this podcast during this whole time of year this is really like my downtime, my downtime to hang out with you guys and really to let loose in a way. So I ended up buying a beer because I wasn't going to I wasn't going to drink a beer during this. But I am drinking a big wave golden ale for the folks who are drinking along at home. Take a sip. Just kidding. You can do whatever you want. So as far as this year goes, all babies are now hatched out. Kind of thank God. Uh, I do have one double clutch that is cooking, but other than that, everyone is hatched out and now I'm just trying to get feeding. So not only did I do all that stuff today as well as my day job, but I have to feed babies after this podcast. So that should be fun. But um, that's kind of, that's kind of how it goes during baby season. It is usually from six in the morning to whenever I fall asleep, I am doing something, something involving this and it's uh, a lot of stuff. 
a lot of stuff, but I'm so glad that everything's going on at the same time. And, you know, the business is doing well and I appreciate everyone's support in that, whether it be the isopods or the snakes or any of that stuff. So I don't want you to, to think that I don't love what I do and love the fact that I'm able to keep on doing this and I actually make some money in it, which is kind of weird, huh? But I decided today, I wanted to give you a little update on the season, so I don't know if that suffices. But uh, yeah, you're, you're going to see animals going up on the website periodically. Uh, just sold a bunch of het palmettos yesterday, actually. It was weird. I put up those snakes. They were sitting there for probably three weeks or so. And I was like, listen, these are the coolest het palmettos I have ever seen. And yeah, and finally, just all in the span of one day, they were all... Uh, at least the ones that caught my eye uh, were all sold as far as being normal het palmettos, you know, normal in, in quotes, because um, het palmettos visual. So uh, it was het palmetto motley's het, possible het honey ghost, which is a, just a crazy, insane project. And the babies looked just incredible. And I think it's really that het caramel from the honey it's coming through on a bunch of them. So, yeah, with het palmetto and it being het caramel, some beautiful, beautiful looking babies. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad they're going to good homes with people who are really interested in it. Uh, so thank you, Josh and Sean for, uh, for picking those up. Uh, there's also a bunch of ghosts going out today. So thanks Jeff, if you're listening, uh, we're also going to have Jeff on the podcast. I won't, I won't go in too much of who he is, but you may know, uh, well, most of you will know who he is from, let's just say some late night shows that he's on. So yeah, I look forward to talking to Jeff. Not only is he going to get three of my, my coolest corn snakes I picked out for whatever reason, even though Tessera is supposed to be more of a, you know, desired trait, you know, having the extra trait in there, it seems as though the ghosts with the regular patterns are the most popular. And they're also some of the most beautiful because you get to see a little bit more of the coloration, more straightforward uh, without all the busyness. So I've been really, uh, uh, Jeff wanted a, a 1.2 and then he picked a particular two that I had on the website. And then I had a second or a second female that I, that I picked out of the clutch that wasn't up yet. And these things were so like the subtle pinks. And then one of them had a really faded out pattern. And then one of them was really dark purple with a lot of light coloration in the background. So, so yeah, they're super, super cool. And I'm super glad that they're going to a good place. Um, other than that, Eastern Black King Snakes, I have a few that are going and eating so far, which is a lot better than last year. So I'm super, super pumped about that. And then, yeah, yeah, everything else is just getting going. It's, uh, but I don't, I don't want to bore you too much with random updates because I did do an ask anything on Instagram because, you know, what else are we going to do when I'm just here by myself? I don't want to talk into the ether this whole time. Um, Todd Danielson asked, are you planning on going to any RBC, St. Louis or Tinley? So right now I'm not planning on doing any shows anytime soon. It's just not worth it. As well as um, St. Louis is a little bit far for me. It's a little bit, I know that there's going to be a lot of people there and I'm sure it's going to be great, but um, I'm not going to take the chance to go all the way out there and it be a mediocre show or something like that, which I'm, I know it won't be, but still, uh, it's just too far for me. Uh, Tinley, I don't think that's gonna, even if it happens in October, it will probably be a fraction of what it is or 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm not betting on October Tinley either, but <clears throat> we'll see how it goes. I'm gonna keeping it open per se. Crunchy pickles. Sorry, I don't have any snakes down here. I don't keep any snakes down here. And uh, yeah, the podcast has to live as a downloaded podcast. So unfortunately, I'll I have to keep all the snakes upstairs. All right, so. Rainbow Reptiles asks, what is your next project you hope to get started? So you guys know that I got Fox Snakes recently. That was my first or my most recent project that I picked up. And I don't really see a lot of times I just pick up animals because I like them. I don't really think of the project aspect of it. So I don't know. I don't really I don't really plan out a project most of the time because now when I'm buying animals, they're mostly wild types. I'll be honest. I don't know the last time I bought a morph and I don't know. That's just where I am right now. And that's kind of where I've always been, but I always liked, uh, I like the corn snake morphs that I'm working with now. And I just have a grasp on what I'm doing finally with the genetics that I have. And I'm just really focused on that. And I don't, I see so much potential in that that I don't necessarily want to get distracted by anything else anyone else is doing. So if I'm buying a project, especially, oh, James guessed exactly who the person is. Um, so, so kudos to James. Um, so yeah, projects. That's really the next species I'm going to get. Hopefully, is going to be Baron's Racers. So I am super, super pumped for that. I have been wanting to do that for so long. And uh, so, yeah, I'm super, super pumped about that. But I am, I am also super pumped about making like honey buff corn snakes or making um, these crazy annery coral ghost types of things. Yeah. Uh, Crunchy Pickles said I should get a ball python. I've had a lot of ball pythons. I've hatched out a bunch of ball pythons. They are not exactly for me in the way of uh, corn snakes are just so interactive and they're so active in general. Uh, it obviously takes a certain person to put up with that activity, but that's what I like. And I like the the interactions in that. I don't I don't like that when a snake may be scared of me, it rolls into a ball. I would rather them uh, rather have a little fun. So let's see. There's another question here. Chicken strip, cod, mobile said where do you get your corns so i don't buy a lot of corns now but most of my founding stock goes back to don soderberg as well as vms sean so and carol huddleston if we're talking about the miami okatee which is by way of don anyhow so yeah that's where a lot of my founding corns come from and i've decided that once i got that founding stock i'm not going to do much diverging and that's kind of where i am now i don't need to make a whole bunch of morph corn snakes it's not it's not my end all be all but i do love the morphs that i have so it's not something that i'm uh, i don't know if i necessarily want to be the corn snake morph guy i want to do a few things really well and then as well as do some other species and be known for these, you know, for different species for sure. Let's get some more questions. Ooh. So Colin of Crosstown Exotics asked, what are my top five favorite horror movies to watch in October? Well, number one is Evil Dead. 
that is one of my favorite horror movie movies ever. And I'll try to I'll try to name some more. Um, Sixth Sense set here in Philly, so you got to do that one too. Um, man, I'm the worst. I really really love um, what's that old movie, uh, House on Haunted Hill, with I believe it's Vincent Price who's in it. That's a that's a really good movie. I really love that one. Um, when's the last time I watched a good horror movie? It's probably been, I don't even know when the last one came out. That was good. Scream. The original Scream is good. So that three, uh, I suck at this. I'll stop at three. If, if, if another one hits me, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a whole bunch that I'm forgetting that I really love, but, uh, that's where I'm at. But yeah, James said the original house on Haunted Hill. Yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. No one can mess with, uh, that remake is that. Uh, James said that uh, Evil Dead is okay, but Army of Darkness is better. Army of Darkness is just like, it's taking the ridiculousness of the previous Evil Deads and then just like taking it too far. <laughs> like, like I love it, but it, I know that it takes a certain person to love it. So I'm not going to name it like my first thing. Because uh, Courtney Francisco asked, "Do you still talk to Emily and Ed?" So you didn't. You must have missed the beginning of the podcast because I just did a. I read a sponsored spot for Emily and Ed. So yes. Um. Oh, Laura from Windsor, but said, "When are you going to do a corn roundtable?" That that really really needs to happen. Um. So Laura, if you're listening, I'm surprised you're not here in the chat, but please poke me, prod me. We need to do that. And it will be, it's funny because uh, it will be mostly, I was talking to her, I was like, I want to get a good range of people. And the, the only corn snake people I know personally are all females. So we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to find a male. So, and I'm, I'm super pumped to just talk to, oh, there you go. Laura just got here. So yeah, Laura, remind me. And then we can get it together and try to have a, spread of people so i'm not outnumbered no i'm just kidding um defalco reptiles which is obviously dominique ethics and money let's see sorry i need to expand this question ethics and if ethics and money weren't a problem what animal would you have as a pet so that one is one that i've actually answered before and that is one that and James said, get Walter Smith or someone else said Walter Smith. I've already tried to get Walter. Walter has a flip phone, guys. I tried, I tried to get him on the podcast before. I was like, I will send you a smartphone. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's why it's a little tough. But ethics and money weren't, in, weren't a thing. I would say probably a Tuatara or a Komodo dragon. Uh, but then again, I mean, I'm sure there are some... Uh, there's probably some mammals. I wouldn't mind like a, a nice alpaca. I know it's not very flashy, but that would be fun. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, I want to, I really want a cyclora, guys. I, I know I keep on saying that. All right. So Ryan Cox asked, who's your favorite guest? That's really hard, especially because for the most part, my favorite guest isn't exactly... It may not be a, 
the person with the most downloads. It may not be, it may be not be like the actual podcast. It could be just everything sur- surrounding it. But I don't know. I'd have to say Mark O'Shea was probably my favorite podcast. Um, definitely the one that I was the most, I wasn't really that nervous, but I, I knew I had to have my shit together to a certain degree and not blow it. And yeah, so I was, I would have to say that that is my favorite podcast. Uh, I'm sure if I was, my memory is so bad, I would literally have to go through the backlog and look, but I'm sure there's so many podcasts that I would say, you know, are round out. There's probably a good top 10 of ones that I really, really love. I mean, there's probably a hundred. Man, I've done way too many of these, huh? What is my 10-year dream? So my 10-year dream, and it, it's always shifting, and 10 seems to be like kind of a big deal because I just started this seven years ago, and mm-hmm. it feels like more than seven years, to be honest, and my vision has changed so many times through then. So I would hate to say like something for sure, but I would really love to... Um, have a successful website, obviously. I would love to offer a whole range of products. I would love to be able to sell online in retail stores, you know, wholesale as well, uh, those products and make products that will really move the hobby forward. So that is something that I want to keep on trying to do is just make products that make snakes lives better, essentially, or makes our lives easier as keepers and then therefore makes the pets lives better. So that's something that I really am focusing on. And I would love for, to have a retail location. I would love to have a warehouse. I would love to have all of these things that uh, would make me a legitimate business. So that is something that I am working towards slowly, but surely. And uh, yeah, so this year has really been the first time that I stepped on the gas as far as, this overall vision of doing supplies as well as basically having an online pet store. So this is what, uh, this is where I am right now. And I'm really glad with, it's weird because I, I'm not able to have any type of relative normal because I feel like the pandemic hit and things went so bad and then things went so good. And now we're still back and forth, back and forth. And it's kind of weird. I have no idea how this is going to function in normal times. But uh, I'm excited to go forward and to keep on experimenting with different substrates. Um, this morning, I was just, like I said before, I was mixing dirt and doing all this stuff. So so I really loved, uh, I really loved that aspect of it and the problem solving and the, the building, the enclosures. And yeah, just generally making reptile keepers and reptiles lives easier. So I want to do more of that. And I would like to eventually quit my day job. So Yeah. And that includes, I mean, I may foray into different areas of reptiles. So I'm really thinking about education now, which is something that I did do, you know, on YouTube, that was education, but I really would like to make something more formal. So I may be trying that kind of stuff too. I really don't know. I'm really, really playing it by ear. I don't, I don't make set plans because I know that they're going to change and I don't want to handcuff myself per se, but, uh, yeah, things are going good. Um, I just recently had a little bit of a setback in which, you know, I thought maybe I could get a location and stuff like that, but that that's postponed a few months. So, uh, yeah, kind of spill the beans on that, but Hey, 
Um, favorite line slash morph. So that was Ryan Cox again. Favorite line slash morph. Uh, it's hard because I think my lines recently with the whole thing, I want to pay a lot more attention to inbreeding than and genet- genetic diversity in general. So I really want to make sure that I kind of want to stay away from lines and I kind of want to stay away from a lot of morphs, to be honest. I want to go as natural as possible. That's what I like to do. And uh, yeah, but otherwise there's some, I love some of the stories behind lines. So some of the, some of the Moralia stories, I mean, Eric and Owen do a great job at covering that stuff. They have some great stories behind them. Things like the, uh, like Sherman's Okatees or the, um, the Red Zep. We, me and Riley, I think we went through that a bit and I've mentioned on the podcast before, but those are, you know, true localities or things like the devil's garden annery corn snakes, which is just a location that throws a bunch of anneries. Um, so you can basically get an annery wild type things like that, right? Like an annery is not a big deal, but that's a cool story in comparison to just having a normal annery. So I like little things like that. It's kind of a, a niche of a niche type of project, which is, uh, yeah, I feel like the more the more you the more you look into things, the more you like things that average people don't like, like the natural history of the animal or you know, you go a little bit deeper than just what it looks like even though I do keep some snakes that I just love the way that they look. Mike Doe asked, "What is your dream snake?" So that's really hard. I think I have I think I have most of my dream snakes. I would love to have a blackhead python. Um, I would love to have an Ethiopian uh, mountain otter or add a la, 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 la. Ethiopian mountain adder. Why did I want to say otter? What is going on with my life? But that's something that I wouldn't ever keep. Well, and someone asked if I would get into hots. No, but I could see a situation in which if I had some type of public education place, I would probably want, you know, a timber rattlesnake if I'm in PA or I would probably want a copperhead if I'm in PA. Uh, All these different things, a lot of things that you can do with education with these venomous animals that aren't necessarily life threatening for the most part, but also, you know, it's worth it for the greater good of of you know the people who are getting educated riley asked and this isn't riley riley does the dd214 make a good substrate for snakes for ball pythons yes and then just crumple it up and throw it out after dd214 is what you get when you when you get out of the military by the way so that's what we call a joke folks i can hear i can hear the crowd laughing All right. So someone asked any different new corn snake morphs you'll work with. So honestly, in order for me to work with something, it has to be something super, super cool. Like the palmetto, like that is something that is so drastic that of course I will get. And if something takes the corn snake world by, by storm and I feel like I'm missing out, I'll probably get it. Does that happen very often? No. Are there a lot of new morphs coming out not really but when they are they're super subtle or things that aren't completely hatched or kind of hatched out not like in that sense meaning like aren't completely figured out so 
So I'm always tentative on new product projects like that. Um, especially when so many people have been working for corns for so long, it's really hard to, to find something totally new. That's why the Palmetto was such a big deal. It's funny. A lot of people are, are asking about any new corn snake morphs. All right. Justice Hunley asked, what do you see as the future of the reptile hobby? Any advice to teenage breeders? So yeah, the future of the hobby is really bright. And what I see is the future of the hobby is bioactive keeping, great enclosures. I'm seeing all the young people are more into building these amazing enclosures. You know, instead of getting 100 animals, they seem to just want a few different species of animals and set them up really, really nicely, which I have a really, really deep respect for. And I really love that it's going in that direction. So I'm super excited for that. And yeah, so that's kind of where I think it's going. And then in that same vein, you're not going to see as many people, you know, just going for morphs. You're going to see a lot of people looking for different species. So that's why I think as a breeder, it's interesting right now. You know, you can, as a small breeder, as a teenager, you can work on some species that aren't aren't exactly produced that often. And quite frankly, I think they're going to sell better than a lot of your morphs or it's going to be a little quicker to sell. So say you want to pick up, you know, a pair of water snakes or something like that. I think that that, that would be great to work with. It would be a super fun project to do and it would be super worthwhile and you can become, you know, the water snake guy, kind of like Chris, but Chris already has that Chris mantra. So, so pick another snake, but, but yeah, I think you can really make your mark on a rarer species and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a, an animal that's hard to breed. But you can definitely get pictures out there and get videos out there and, you know, it should be really and get people interested in what you're interested in too. And overall, I know it's cliche, but work with what you love, but you also got to work with what makes sense. So try to try to do a lot of things that you love, but also do a lot of things that make sense. And that doesn't have to be ball pythons. But for me, a lot of things that make sense are, say, producing a snow corn snake. People love corn snakes or snow corn snakes. I love snow corn snakes. We make corn snow, corn snowflakes, snow corn snakes. Ooh, drink. James asks, what's your new take on the Alabama band? Um, honestly, I don't know much about it. I know tegus are involved, which is, I don't know, jury's out on that, but yeah. I don't really want to get into it without knowing what the hell I'm talking about. I'll talk to someone in Alabama before I make a fool. But if you want to, if you want to hear my thoughts on stuff like that, of course, just listen to the Phil podcast. I think, I think that got the point across. Okay. So Someone on Instagram asks, what do you do with kinked babies? So if you don't know what a kinked baby is, sometimes as a breeder, you hatch out an animal that is not exactly perfect. A lot of times they can have um, misformed, malformed uh, spines, basically. And therefore, and therefore they may not move in a certain, they may not move normally all this good stuff. And then there's really, really slight kinks in which um, seemingly I've had animals grow up and you can't even tell that there's a kink there. I just remember it from a baby. 
but yeah, those are treated, those are treated a little bit different. So there is severity. Uh, I try to be as ethical as possible. So if there is a kink in which the snake cannot move properly, if it's basically walking, uh, walking with a limp, if it had legs, if it's, if I see that it potentially it's quality of life is going to be lessened by its kinks or it's in a certain position, which, you know, it's not going to be able to feed. I feed that to a kink snake um, and kink snakes are great. Obviously they eat other snakes and they eat a whole lot of snakes. Not a whole lot. They eat quite a few snakes during this season. So if I have a stillborn, I try to get it in time to feed it to the kink snakes. If I get a kinked snake that I know isn't going to make it, I feed them to the, to the kink snake. But in the other case in which there's a really small kink, it doesn't seem that the movement isn't changed at all and they eat just as well as any other snake. I typically get those going and I'll have someone local reach out for a pet or something like that. And I'll suggest them that for, you know, 25 to 50 bucks, it may be a $400 morph, but yeah, but I'm going to sell it to them. And I know that they're just, they're just keeping it as a pet because they have kids or something like that and they're local. So that's usually how I, how I get rid of my kinked, not get rid of, but you know, that's how I move them on the new homes. My slightly kinked animals, the, anyone that is, you know, very obvious gets fed off for better or for worse. Um, so yeah, Jesse Cordova asked, are you ever going to come back to Colorado for some reptile shows? So right now there are a few good shows popping up in Colorado, but there's really not like a big premiere show, even though there's a really great scene there. So if there was a giant show, I would love to come back to Colorado. I would love to come back to Colorado just to go back to Colorado because who doesn't want to be in Colorado? So, yeah, I would love to, but it's not going to. Uh, shows may not happen anytime soon. I'll go back to Colorado for fun uh, probably before I go for reptiles. Do to do, do justice. Oh, we hatched out three corn snakes, three snow corn snakes this year. Congrats, congrats. So they came out really small and he needed to start with pinky heads, which is something, yeah, something I've definitely done before. Um, one of my little runs out of my ghost clutch just took like, it wasn't even a full pinky head. It was like the nose of a pinky. But yeah, some of those little guys. But uh, honestly, a lot of the small ones kind of eat for me off the bat, which is super cool. When are you going to? Uh, <laughs> Someone asked, when are you going to find yourself in Eric to co-host with? <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing that is in reference, of course, to Eric Burke. I'm Owen. I didn't know I was an Owen. Oh, no. How do I feel about this? Just kidding, Owen. Ave said, "What's your favorite snake?" I think we we uh, we'll skip over that, but because I think I gave you my answer. But probably my favorite in my possession, maybe my olive python or water python. So, what species have I worked in the past that you decided weren't for you? So, there's quite a few animals that I've worked with. 
But I think the most obvious one is the ball python. So, and I, and I think it's kind of, I, I used to hate on them, but I, I don't necessarily hate on them. They're just definitely not for me. I just find colubrids so much more pliable and easy to work with as far as uh, keeping conditions and stuff like that. It's really straightforward. And yeah, I really love working with colubrids because like I said before, the activity level, the attentiveness and how easy they are to keep. And it's really, really low maintenance in comparison to a ball python in which you always have to run heat, heat tape. Typically there can be all types of problems with heat tape. You got to make sure that your hotspot doesn't go off by however many degrees or else everyone will stop eating or get our eyes. I've never had a corn snake have an RI. So, yeah. So that's pretty much why. And I've had ball pythons get RIs. They just, they never fared as well for me as they did as I ever, you know, had colubrids or stuff like that. So simply, I just never did that great with them. And they weren't that exhilarating. Um, but they're they're cool animals. People do amazing things with them. So, not going to hate on them plus there's all types of weird uh stigmas and attitudes that come with the culture there so yeah meaning the culture meaning like all the morph stuff and and things like that which is uh yeah and money people and all that good stuff let me see do you still have slash enjoy the ATB? Maybe an ATB guest interview sometime. So I did. We did do an ATB show a long time ago with uh, Dane Croydad, who is really great. I think it's Croydon. I don't know why I said Croydad. I cannot talk correctly, which is not good for a podcast. Um, but Dayton, yeah, we did a great show with him. I do still have my ATB. He's in display actually to my left here. So when I said I had no snakes down here, I lied because I have an ATB, but I'm not getting that out for the camera. You wouldn't blame me. Trust me. So I do have the ATB. Um, to be honest, he's just there. You know, he does a lot of cool things. He'll move around and stuff, but it's not something that I'm super exhilarated by. Uh, I don't plan to have another one for right now. He's just chilling. So, yeah, they're they're fun, but I don't I don't need a whole bunch of them. And I do like having them in a naturalistic setup. Uh, Ryan Cox said we should be like the fish keepers and call them color variations. Hmm. Because that is, I never got exactly, when I was young and I used to see all the different all the different fish in the fish store, I had no idea that there was any type of genetics going on. Even though, I don't even think there was at that time. But I've going into the, the fish stores now and seeing like clownfish that are different patterns and stuff like that is super, super crazy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super impressed with, things that happen do they call it aquaculture someone help me out here what do, what do fish fish keepers call themselves and i think pretty much all of our most most reptile people have probably 
kept fish. And that is probably not a coincidence. So Ryan Holland said a chameleon show would be cool. I would love to do a chameleon show. I actually, I set one up not too long ago and it never really, um, it never came through. So I would love to do, I would love to do a legit chameleon show in the future. That's, that's something in which I know almost nothing about. I've actually never kept a chameleon and I, uh, yeah, it's something that's super foreign to me. I know that they're pretty delicate as well as what they eat isn't exactly what I want to feed my animals. I don't want to have crickets and stuff like that, but uh, but they are super cool. So, yeah, I was aquaculturists. Yeah, that is what they call each other. So I guess, and Ryan was saying that they don't exactly see them as morphs or they don't know how morphs work. So maybe they just... Uh, didn't get their high school uh, genetics lesson like the snakes people did. Yeah, Mike said once you go through three pet, three different morphs describing an animal, you've lost me. And yeah, uh, I do that sometimes, but I don't necessarily. I don't see that as the best way to go is just stacking genes on top of genes. I think really having, having a focus and being able to really perfect one morph or something simple rather, you know, I think it's not my, my ultramel diffused blah, blah, blahs. The things with like five or six genes in them, honestly, the honeys, which is just a caramel sun kissed, are more popular, you know? So people like what they like. And that's an important thing to use to guide you as far as what you plan to breed and how much you want to breed. Because it is cool when you when you make new things, but you also need to sell those things. And they also need to look really damn cool. So sometimes you can put a bunch of jeans and, you know, you're not doing – Anything, any fav any favors, so but yeah, I would I would really love to do a fish tank. I really want I've been telling people forever, a giant school of neon tetras. <laughs> and then we can have a giant anaconda and an ATV and dart frogs. Oh, talking about frogs, I saw that uh, if anyone watched, uh, David Blaine was on Joe Rogan and David Blaine ate a frog on, on Joe Rogan's podcast and David Blaine actually got salmonella twice. At least that's what, at least that's what he said. He had gotten salmonella twice from eating the frog and he actually drinks like a gallon of water beforehand, puts the frog in so the frog, I guess, could swim around in there. It's ridiculous. And then he throws out the frog and it was still alive. Yeah, I don't know. Joe Rogan seemed very concerned about the well-being of the of the frog, though. And hey, Lou, nice to see you. Uh, hope all is well, and hope that uh, well, there must be interesting times to take flights to Asia. To be honest, and yeah, I would 
I would love to do some field herping. That is something that I have not done a lot of this year. I, the, the NPR guys, they went out and they went for copperheads and they went for timbers and they found a bunch of stuff, uh, tough going this time of year for sure. And the weather was very, very weird, but they did have some success and I really missed out on that, on that trip. I dropped the ball. It's just hard to do anything during this, uh, during the hatching season. Wah, wah, wah. I think I think that's the that's the biggest thing about being a snake breeder, right? You gotta you gotta be committed to the fact, especially colubrids, that the summer may be your busiest time of year and maybe uh maybe I'll take vacation in the fall or winter or something. But yeah, I have I have found timbers before, but I mean you you can't really find enough timbers. It's a really, really awesome experience. Really, really awesome animal. It's one of those animals in which it was one of the first that I saw in the wild that I was like, I don't know. It's weird. You, you catch a bunch of you rat snakes, garter snakes, but this heavy bodied rattlesnake with giant keeled scales. It's such a different animal than finding those little skinny colubrids, <laughs> even though that's what I keep in. That's what I keep in captivity, and that's what I love. But, uh, but yeah, seeing a rattlesnake in the wild is just something different. And I wonder uh, where's probably a place that I would like to herp that I haven't herp before is definitely West Texas. I've talked about this a lot, going herping in West Texas and. I haven't really done much uh, throughout the East Coast here, so I really need to get on that. I haven't even done the Pine Barrens, and that's right across the river. So, yeah. Uh, Darren said he would love to see copperheads in the wild. So I have seen copperheads, but I did see them down in Texas, so they actually look quite a bit different up here in PA. I haven't found them in PA. So, yeah, I would love to find those as well. And I think I asked Ryan to come join us real quick if he's uh let's see if he obliges obliges. I need I need assistance because I cannot talk today. So Mike Kosicki said come down to southeast North Carolina. Yes, I would love to see some corn snakes. <laughs> tiger tiger ram. Seems like you talk to a lot of short tail people, not complaining. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. And it's not even something that I'm actually interested in. It's just there. A lot of them are my friends. Not that I'm not interested in what they're doing, but I'm, I'm not interested in keeping the actual species itself. Um, I did actually, I had a Curtis, uh, a black blood. No, a uh, Sumatran short tail. And yeah, I really enjoyed keeping it, but at the end of the day, it's a slug and it's a giant lazy creature. Same, same, same thing as ball pythons. It's just not, doesn't have that interactive quality. But what I did or what I am working on right now is I have to build, I don't know if I, I told you guys, I finally got this enclosure from, from focus cubed and I need to set that up. And I think I'm going to put some bio straight in it and I'm going to get a whole bunch of cork bark and 
do some live plants and uh and yeah set it up for the lychee so i'm super super excited for that and it's something that i have to i have to uh build more bioactive enclosures because it's fun that's why once you once you build one or two i think it's pretty addictive so I'm I'm sending I'm sending Eric Burke of of NPR a whole bunch of stuff to start his with his diamond python. So he took his he keeps the majority of his collection in racks for the most part, but he brought out his diamond pythons, kind of set them up initially just kind of in a in a tank situation, and just to get start keeping more in that direction as far as uh, having something on display. And now he's putting them into four foot cages and he's going to set it up all bioactive and stuff like that. So I'm super excited to see um, how he does with that because uh, I don't know. I don't know anyone else besides the zoo keeping diamond pythons bioactive. So that should be fun. Soon I'm finally going to move my olive python in there, but I do need to wait to get hundreds of giant canyon isopods so i've been i've been holding off on that because i need to buy literally hundreds of them so yeah so yep i'll have that done soon i just need to build i just need to build an appropriate hide for him and get some more logs and it's been so busy uh dominique said she is staring at a tiny exo that she just put together and she's already figuring out what she can make bio next. I know that's why it will be nice to have more people do that and be able to get their impulse, you know, to be buying new substrates or buying new supplies and buying new enclosures instead of buying new snakes all the time. Because although I love buying new snakes, I think it's a more healthy perspective to, you know, take your time and, treat everything with as much respect as possible. So that's where I'm trying to head myself. So not to be a hypocrite, but uh, yeah, obviously I keep in a lot of tubs and stuff like that, but I'll slowly be phasing that out. And slowly is slow at this point, unfortunately, but that's where we are. Um, Hayden Applegate said, what's your favorite North American venomous snake? So my favorite North American venomous snake is either the white speckled rattlesnake or the timber rattlesnake. I really, really love timber rattlesnakes. But of course, if I needed if I needed to go just off of looks of a snake, it's the white speck. I mean, that's one of the most beautiful snakes I could have ever dreamed of. I forget, uh, I think it was Cannon Harkin had a video where he went through Jack Vicente's facility, and Jack is someone who actually um basically collects venom for a living and he does coral snakes and stuff like that and he just happened to have a pair of white specks that looked amazing um and i think he actually like goes out and collects his snakes and stuff like that so that is a an animal straight from the wild uh, but some pretty pretty awesome animals there hey ron what up <laughs> really transitioned in there I, I, a specialized fauna how are you doing what up oh i'm all right well you did talk about jack vicente yes i was caught the tail end of that i heard you say something about vicente and i was like oh please talk about milk snakes it was uh he had these white speckled rattlesnakes that's better than the scaleless rattlesnakes 
<laughs> yeah, that's an abomination. But they're these things were beautiful, and uh, yeah, man, that's pr- one of the one of the venomous snakes that I could I could see working. It wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. But don't lie. You know you're going to. You live in Philly. I I probably I'll get a little something eventually. You'll get a timber or a co- copperhead or something. I actually uh, I got the license to collect the timber last year. You did. Now he's gonna get so one this year. You can't you can't just take one out of the wild and keep it, and you can't take two out of the wild and keep it. You can you get one a year, and then for whatever reason you can keep that snake. Just okay. I don't understand really? logic at all. <laughs> like, yeah, so you can either kill it or keep it. Um, otherwise, it's illegal to keep a timber rattlesnake. But if you have this one firm, I don't know how they check up on this stuff. I don't know. Well, that's like in Kentucky, you can have five for uh, you get five timbers for religious reasons. <laughs> well, I don't know if you, I don't know if you listened to, <laughs> to the podcast with with Ryan Reed. Yeah, um, I finally listened to it today. <laughs> Yeah, he was at a Repticon and literally, like, for that TV show, Salvation Snakes, he literally had the pastor, the snake handler, uh, try to buy his snakes. Yeah, it's because I've seen the clip before because I'm in a group chat with him and Justin Smith and a couple other people. And Justin just threw that video clip out there a long time ago. And we were like, oh, my God, how did you find that? And Ryan actually denied him, which is hilarious. Dude, Ryan looks like a deer in headlights in the clip. Have you seen it? I didn't watch. I was watching it on the show, but I couldn't actually watch it, watch it, because I didn't want to put it on the screen and get yeah. demonetized. So Yeah, Ryan's like unpacking, and the guy's like, starts to come up, and he's just like, huh? Cameras? <laughs> yeah, like, what are you thinking with this, this snake-handling preacher coming off it with a full camera crew? He's probably like, oh, fuck, fishing game. Yeah, yeah. Something a little fishy. Yeah. Dude. Oh my god. I'd lose my mind. Fucking somebody come up and be like, can we have some for our church? No, you can't. You can't have any for your church. No, sir. I don't get anything fun like that. Well, here in PA it's a little tough because some of the people are from New Jersey and they don't tell you. And I do corn snakes and you can Oh. You only sell red-eyed snakes um, to people from Jersey, so it sucks. Like sometimes I will, I'll be like, because I'm not gonna ask everyone, "Are you from New Jersey?" Like that's not gonna be the first thing. So it'll be like, like three fourths way through a sale, like kid fell in love with a snake, then it's like, oh yeah, we're just gonna head back on 95 to Jersey or something. I'm like, oh god damn it. So uh, yeah. we're heading back to Hoboken. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, no, nope, that's that's not gonna work. So how does that work? Is it ha- like, or like, I guess honeys and stuff are off the table because they don't have red eyes, or is it? Yeah, colored? so it needs it needs red eyes. So any albinism, I mean, it doesn't go in any detail. You know, they have zero idea of what a corn snake is or what a corn snake morph is. They just said, hey. I know it's not normal if it's got red eyes, and that's what we're gonna go with. So those are the ones you can keep. Um, so I, I guess regular palmettos are out of the question, but anal palmettos—that's it right there. 
Palmettos, at least the ones that I've seen, have a little bit of a ruby, what we call a ruby eye in uh, in corn snakes. Okay. So that's what I I've had this thing where someone tried to buy an Ultramel, which is the same same idea there. It has a ruby eye, you know, it doesn't have a red eye. It has like a slightly dark red eye, like pupil. Okay. And that's and all I, good? I don't know. No, like I never oh. I've never actually done it. I was just like, I don't know. So not I'm know. not Fishing gonna game, do it. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> So, and they, it's funny because Rob was looking at, he was looking at places to herp up here and he's like, no matter what, like trying to get insight on where some snakes are. And he's like, you know, the Northern pine snake, like it's a big deal to find Northern pine snakes up here, but no one gives a shit unless it's a corn snake. Like people are really serious about protecting their corn snakes here. I don't know, man. That's just, I feel like that's the one that Fish and Game decided, like, to tell everyone about. That's it right there. You know, not the uh, not the animal that can suffer from severe habitat loss or habitat fragment, fragmentation. Nah, corn snakes, that's it. Draw the line right there. And, like, I love corn snakes, obviously, but they're obviously very widespread, and they're doing decent in Jersey, especially because where they are is, you know, the Pine Barrens. But, uh, but yeah, I just think it's kind of funny that, they take that like no one no one actually marks locations on iNaturalist or anything like that for them. And uh yeah. Fucking iNaturalist. iNaturalist, oh my god. People hiding <laughs> all their locations on there. Yeah, it's uh and and here it's kinda, you know, people are pretty crazy about like their pine snake spots or their corn snake spots or because, I mean, that's like a – these are like lifer snakes, right? If you see a northern pine snake up here, that's like – you know, that makes your year. Dude, it makes – yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, are northern pine snakes protect, protected up there? I don't believe so. I don't know. I haven't done – Because I know they are here. They're protected because they have like, like they have like the time – like a range like this. Then they probably are. I know, that's what I was wondering. I didn't know. Because I know pine snakes are weird. Some states are get real uppity about them. Some states don't care at all. It's just like a goof, goofy as hell. Yeah. And getting actual numbers for the snake is half impossible. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, they get all upset about people keeping them. And it's like, oh, so are you going to work on like actual conservation programs? No, you just can't keep them. Okay. What the fuck? And then the morphs are even weirder. I've heard some states like fishing game will turn a blind eye to morphs coming through. Other ones are like, eh, you know, still a northern pine snake. Don't fucking touch it. Yeah, all the all the pituophis have different levels of legality to them, even if they're not. Like the southerns will be coming next. Um, eventually, they'll probably all be federally enlisted. I would imagine. Oh yeah, I think not, not pituophis like a gopher snake, but probably like your southern and northern. Oh yeah, I'd probably say everything on the eastern seaboard will probably be fucking locked yeah. down. Uh, I mean, everybody's like, "Oh, black pine snakes." It's like that might one day be all of them. This is, uh, I know, I know Brian Holt down there in Alabama has a bunch of 
uh, pictures of some black pines and stuff. People have found dead on the road and they actually like hybridize with the Southerns down there and they're super cool. But, uh, Oh, that's yeah, that's something that's definitely, definitely rare. So they hybridize just, it's like, it's like an integrate zone where Southerns and black pines. Oh, that's so fucking cool. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So you're seeing a lot of, uh, highly patterned black pines and stuff like that and you know the the ones in the hobby are stark like completely black but yeah for the most part in the wild they at least like the last third of their body has some pattern on it that sounds like it's like a reverse bread lie so it's like black (laughs) on top pattern at the bottom yeah sure that's so Man, that, you have to buy a snake I want. I want bread lie so bad right now. I'm I'm not, I, I think I've uh, – it's weird. When, you, when you're when you in certain places, certain things become very normal. So I hung out way too much at Austin's house. Austin pretty much only has – he has a room full of bread lie, you know? Dude. Uh, he has a lot of other stuff, but, you know, he has a lot of really awesome bread lie. So I was like, you know, Austin has all the bread lie. I don't need a bread lie. Yeah, no. Also, you're up north next to near Owen and Burke, so you're like, oh, okay, everybody has these things. And they have all the bread lie, too, yeah. Yeah, you don't eat them. I know. When when Owen finally bred that jungle and he's like, hey, do you want do you want the babies? Like, what do you want? I mean, you're kind of the carpet python guy now. You're just – yeah, just keep them. I don't, so I, don't know, say, I don't think to go keeping carpet pythons when you guys have them. I mean, you didn't hold any back. No, no. I mean, he took his pick. <laughs> I was looking at that clutch other day too. Y'all got many posts online, that's for sure. Or have they sold already? Um, it's funny. I had a our buddy Dennis, who actually Owen went to college with. He. He went to Owens first, then stopped by here, and then he had a deli cup on him. I'm like, "Oh, what's that?" He's like, "Oh, this is your cor- or your carpet python." I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like, <laughs> I didn't realize Owen was selling them, but yeah, like sweet. So you you're you are like jungles, like Owen is with IJs. You produce them. I send them away. Don't have any. Yes. Yes, I. Produce them in a very, very secondhand way. In a very long distance way. Meaning like meaning like that male's been with Owen for like two years. <laughs> that's that's how secondhand it is. You know, it happens like it's that. basically it's basically his snake by now. One of those. It's like you could technically get it back, but do you really want it? He's like he's a mouser. He hates human beings. You know, he's like perfect, perfect for Owen. Perfect. Yeah. You still got your uh, your cross, don't you? Yeah. Okay. That's what I didn't know. Whenever I heard you had you and Owen were working on something, like I hope he didn't take the cross because I could see Owen skin crawling with that one. Yeah, I mean that doesn't work for anyone, right? Like that's he's kind of a a symbol of like a bygone era in a way the 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 jungle the jungle diamond cross that is something that no one would ever do today or no one you know barely anyone ever does dude uh, right high percentage diamond jungle cross baby for the folks who don't want to commit to the diamond 
and don't want to bring them down cold, that's your snake. Them at eighty-eight point, them uh, what is it, eighty-seven point five percent diamond diamond juggles. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's this one's high eighties for sure. That's the ones you look at and you're like, oh, <laughs> that could really ruin a breeding project really fast. <laughs> AKA every nice jungle that's on the market with that highlighter coloration. I mean, I want to go snake. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm sure there's some really great ones, but ah, there's a lot of good ones. But there's definitely uh, definitely some diamond blood in some of the those older lineages. I'm sure. Did you ever look at like some of the old school stuff, like, and, and you look at old school shit, and now you're like. Damn, nobody would even think about that shit now. Oh yeah, I mean that cover girl, the the Lasik jungle. I mean that's still a beautiful animal. Um, but yeah, man, like the headhunter stuff just really brought it to the next level. Um, headhunter, I have you breathe over that one. I'm like, and that's kind of a bygone era too. Now, do they even still produce stuff anymore? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to make any assumptions because I. Yeah, it's not our niche. We don't know. Nah, <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> Eric, oh in hell, I don't know. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think. I think they've slowed down their collection, or you know, um, I know that. Well, A, like the markets have changed as far as we, you got so damn good. The jungles are too good. Like everyone just got bored. They're like, oh, every jungle is amazing. So now they got to, they got to deal with some poopy colored IJs. Yeah. Everyone wants IJs now. That's the thing. (laughs) Dude, I kid you. I've seen IJs go up on Morph Market in the morning before I go to work. I'll drive all day. Get off at like three o'clock, four o'clock, and I open my phone back up and be like, "Okay, well, what was that ad from this morning at nine o'clock? It's sold." Curse the uh, the old Burke in the sky, dude. Eric Burke has ruined that shit for everybody. Him and Nick <laughs> Martin talking that shit up. They're like, "Oh, get an IJ, get an IJ." Now no one can have an IJ. He had. I I don't know what it was that he brought out uh, when I was at his house the other day, but. It was fucking cool. I mean, I saw the, all the gelatin jungles, and it's like, oh, yeah, those look like jungles. jungles? No, they, yeah, they look like carpet pythons. Not even – they look like carpet. They're gray, they're gray jungles. Someone someone at home is like wants to punch me in the face right now, and his name may be Eric, but okay. <laughs> Steven Katz is just slamming his head into the table right now. It's like, so we saw these piece of shit gelatins, right? And I mean, they're okay. But the thing is, like, yeah, they're cool because they look like a natural, you know, more of the natural state of the of the jungle carpet, right? Um, but then he he had this IJ that was just super like blushed out, super good creamy colors, I suppose you could call them, but like reds and yellows and all the in-betweens. It was fucking cool. But the real question is, did he show you the Poison Ivy stuff? That is a good point. I saw him last year, but I didn't know. We didn't really go in the room and, you know. Oh, okay. We didn't futz around, per se. 
He hid the good shit from you. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I, I like this, this schmoozy corn snake commoner. <laughs> that is probably like the one uh, Carpa Python project that I would get into. And I know that it's not happening like at all. But uh, yeah, that's really the one if I was going to have a Carpa Python. You know, I bet you could do just to really fucking get under his skin, drop off some Miami Okatees, and he'd be like, oh, it's so cool. And hand you this one poison ivy male. I don't, I don't, I think I could give him, I could, I don't know, I could, I could bring him a Tuatara, and it would probably be a tough <laughs> shell to get a poison ivy baby. <laughs> but I'll give you that that one juvenile Komodo dragon. And you're like, no. That you gave in the doghouse, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when he's gonna part with those guys. That should be interesting. It's just Hey never. Yeah. And he if never. it does, it's not happening in public, is it? No. It'll be like, you know who's gonna get those? Riley. Ooh, I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> Probably gonna get all of them. He go to the mailbox one day and have a whole like box of like five carpet pythons in his mailbox. Go, nice. Just for you, dude. Oh man, do you get any other good questions? Yeah, we're not doing questions anymore. We're over that, Ryan. This is this is part two. Part two, absolute bullshit. <laughs> yeah, isn't that? So I'm gonna ask you a question because no one else will know in here what we're talking about. But did you listen to that podcast I sent you? No, no, I I've been slacking. Okay, because there's a follow up today where they, for y'all who don't know, I have gone down a rabbit hole of aquariums, and it's absolute bullshit. But I did discover a podcast called Aquarium Guys, and they had people on there who talked about building. It's called a Raspberry Pi. It is a microcomputer that's like the size of a credit card or a floppy disk. And they can basically do anything. And there's guys who've open sourced, like modified them to run aquariums. And I'm thinking we could convert this for reptile enclosures. And there's actually a company called Felix. And they did make a flat out kit that you can convert to. It's the Raspberry Pi computer system uh, that they have converted to run and they even mentioned on a podcast listen to a day by the same the same guys. Uh, they flat out talk about like, yeah, we we're making this for reptile enclosures. Oh, Wait, what? Are you playing Evil Dead in the background? <laughs> no, that was a scene from Revenge of the Nerds where it's going nerds. Oh yeah, nerds. nerds. I thought you. I was waiting here. This is my boomstick in the background or some shit. No, yeah. I mean, that sounds. I I really want to, yeah, I wanted to look into it because I want to see, you know, much like you're doing, like how does that cross over to to her pediculture, dude? In the new one they came out with just today, if they flat out said they're like, yeah, we're making it for reptile enclosures, so they'll have humidity sensors, temperature oh, sensors, wow. like all kinds of shit. Think they can just come in my backyard like that? Huh? The motherfuckers. I'm gonna. I'm going to pie them up before they're even able to. You heard it, aquarium guys. You're, you're coming for them. You nerds. <laughs> Fucking nerds. Fuck. 
That's why I got them stupid minnows. I don't know if you saw some white cloud minnows I posted. The whole reason I got them is because like I wanted neon Tetris. And then I heard this whole sob story about white cloud minnows were the first fish ever kept in modern aquariums because they didn't require heat and they're extinct in China and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I fucking want some now. They're $2 at Petco. <laughs> Sound very endangered. Dude, it's, it's just like corn snakes. It's like... Everybody forgot about them, like the cool shit with color variations, and they're just kind of there. Stupid. Yeah, no, the neon tetra is like the corn snake. That's where you're wrong. Actually, strikingly beautiful and a classic in the pet trade. It's just a classic, you know? It's like a. I know Petco enjoys both of them. What's that? So Petco enjoys both of them, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, they do all right. They fucking cut their teeth. Maybe not right now. Maybe some bad times. Hard times in the corn snake market, ain't it? I'm doing all right. As you get corn snakes coming out of your fucking ears. That's the thing, though. It's a completely different, you know, the, the wholesale stuff really matters and does take a toll on the market. So you would think that, with the lack of people exporting to China, you would think that there'd be more supply here and it would be tough going, but it's not bad. Well, you just mind fucked me with that one statement. I didn't even think about that. Well, it's like corn snakes. We sent thousands of them to China every single year. And what I guess exports of animals are just closed right now. I don't know. I do not know. Uh, I figured every, all the limited flights right now, because it's in that podcast I've listened to, they talked about how it's so hard to get stuff from into overseas and out of overseas. It's just, everything's just shut down right now. They're like, mm, ain't worth the money. When when Bushmaster starts, stops putting out price lists, I think uh, there's an issue. Well, if you say it like that, <laughs> them condros are getting hard to get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that should be interesting to see how that shakes out. What's Laura talking about? Okay, people getting stir from Korea. Oh, stuff. Okay. So someone's getting stuff in and out. I'm sure. I'm sure there's still someone figuring it out, but I'm. I could imagine that there's still less. Less than usual. So Jennifer said that Steve Sykes of Gecko Etc. still exporting. And so, yeah, I guess people are still doing it, which is great because export them all so I can actually sell my snakes for money. That would be nice. So have you, have you, you haven't done any shows or anything, have you, since all this shit's happened? No, I haven't. I didn't think so with you being up in uh, Philly and shit. Slow down for you, ain't it? (laughs) That kind Mm -hmm. of shit. I mean, it's nice to not do the shows, I'm going to be honest. It's not like the worst. Um, although I would like to just come home with cash one day. It would be nice. Um, I miss those those days. What's a reptile show? I don't even know what that is anymore. I know. I know. It's really just like talking to people and, you know, doing all that stuff. is. It was fun. It was fun. Now it's all online, motherfucker. So, what else? What else you have go this year? Um, I don't know. 
way too many things. I had um, one of the one of the three Louisiana pine snakes, the runt that hatched out, randomly died. Oh, it really sucks. So now, for whatever reason, even though if I get if I get two eggs, it's always a pair with them. I don't know. Last year was a pair. This year, the surviving two are a pair. That's so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. You get a pair every year of those. I mean, granted, you only get three eggs, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten lucky. But um, no one messaged me and asked if they're available. They're not. That's because we know you're hoarding them all. Yeah. Well, those ones I may not. Well, you I are. May send them and then more come. So it's like a weird, it's, you know, I'm not losing out on any, but. Also, we all know you're just sitting in the corner with, like, with all your little Louisiana pine snakes, just like, yes, my precious. Oh, you, it, the scene isn't exactly like that. It's, uh, true. There are. <laughs> type of situation <laughs> you're just in the corner like let me love you <laughs> these these yeah they they fucking hate everything at least the slowinski corns are cool oh dude like i i come into the room and because i have those two set up in cages in like bioactive cages oh and fuck. uh they just they literally just like come out and watch me and then you open the top, and then they're like super into food, but they're not bitey at all. So they're just like very attentive. They look at your hand, and they're like, "There's nothing there, but what are you doing here?" Yeah, they're just like they like to check everything out. That's how the gray rats I got from you are. So they'll come out and like you pop open their tub. They will look at your hand because they're like, "Where's the food at?" But then they look at you, and it's it's so weird. They'll look at your face, and they're like. So what's the, what are we doing here? Are we fucking around or what? I'm like, it's, holy shit, I don't like this. It's I feel like they they do compute to a certain degree. You know? They do they're just a little bit of something more there than with the pythons, man. I'm yeah. sorry. It's just I think Python I I just think if there are two different responses, like corn snakes are like, we'll think, then we act. Pythons are just act. They're yeah. like impulse, 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 while the colubrids are like, mm, I'm not sure about this. Idiots is yeah. what you mean. The first, <laughs> Lenny's and George's, the gentle pet pet the rabbits at all. <laughs> oh, man. Gentle pets, Lenny, gentle pets. Yeah, they are, uh, they're just very, they're instinctive. They're much more instinctive. And, in, <laughs> fuck me. I'm not going to talk anymore. Also, by the way, congrats on having the greatest sales pitch ever for Solinsky's Corn Snakes on fucking Riley's podcast. Because I'm not going to lie. I've never even thought about those. But when you got done talking about it, I was like, fuck you, yeah, we're going to get some corn snakes. We're going <laughs> to get some some really rare snakes. And I'm like, damn. That's some good yeah, article shit right there. I actually have like snakes to sell. I should actually try to sell snakes one time. That's just I'm, me bullshitting. I'm just waiting until you get some some Western rat snakes. That's all I want. Oh, dude, that the leucistic that I have is so cool. The one that I almost lost. I, everyone's almost lost her though, so it's kind of a thing. She's like a spring. I swear to God, you touch her and she explodes. 
Yes. But she's the only one who doesn't touch and it doesn't bite you. So it's like, that's actually a welcome behavior. I'm like, oh, this is actually a nice change of pace. The other one's just a heat-seeking missile of like, just hates human beings. How big are those things now? Uh, we're probably looking at like three feet. For the feet now. <laughs> and they're like, what, two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's pretty slow grown compared to some people. People, people can uh, get rat snakes breeding in two years. I know they can. I've seen it before. <laughs> I seen it. I seen that shit. They get them rat snakes and they just they whip them out of the barn and then they grow them up and at two years old they're like, well, there's more. Like if you you look at look at the reptiles article. Um, it's like literally sexual maturity two years. <laughs> I think that's what it Bullshit. says. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know if it's black rats, but let me let me look up the husbandry. I'm already on it. Let's see. Rat. Two year old. Oh my god, if they are. God, we're stupid. Send me a link if you got it because I need to put it up on the podcast. Like Alright, hold on. I'm going to the Texas rat care sheet. Just for you, buddy bear. Oh my god. Copy. That's not copy. I'm stupid. How do you do this? Computers. Okay. Oh fuck. I hit the wrong button. It looks like Reptile Magazine is going through some changes. So I saw I I remember I was looking for a certain article and it looks like it changed to somewhere else. It's like fuck. You aren't lying, it did change. God damn it. No no thing should change. I can't copy this. What the hell? Private. Okay, well, this is some shenanigans. Let's I mean, I, I have the Texas rat care sheet. Well, that's all you have. It's also a common rat care. But yeah, it does look different. When did Reptiles Magazine get with the times? What the hell, dude? Yeah, I'm looking at the same one. Hold on. Housing, substrate, blah, blah, blah. I can't read it as well as the previous. That's just because you're an old man. I am older than the last time I read this. That is true. Oh, I read something else. I got excited. I thought they mentioned UVB. They said something about it. Oh, my God. There's scaleless ones and they run away. <laughs> Dude, there's some days I want to get my scaleless one back, and I'm like, eh, it's scaleless. I don't know. You miss having the great, smooth, silky smooth. feeling of the male genitalia in your reptile collection. Sometimes you just want a little, uh, little pecker snake running around. <laughs> Jermaine Kim said, have your palmettos hatched yet? I'm really lacking on uh, posting a picture of those, aren't I? Have you not posted a picture of those yet? No, I know. What the fuck am I doing? You they're up there. there. Not eating. Those little bastards. That sounds like a palmetto. But they're up there. Yeah, it sounds like it looks like a snake that wouldn't eat. I haven't hatched any before. But uh, yeah, I'm sure it's one of those snakes that like they didn't tell us, but you got to like fucking assist feed it for nine months to make Hell it live like, or something. Like an Eastern Black King snake? Yeah, those are those are all the best projects. That's how it works out, bud. 
Now my, my Easter black cake snakes are getting going this time. We're good. Thank God, because they were kicking your ass last time. I felt so bad for you. No one. That's always a shitty time of the season. I still don't look forward to it. It's like usually fucking September where you got the, the group that are just hanging on that you're like assist feeding and you're like, you got to make those decisions. Is this king snake food? Is this an actual corn snake that I can sell one day? Is this an Eastern black king snake that wants to live? Nah, it doesn't. They're corn snakes. They don't want to live. Fuck that. They're like the, like the, the OG chondros. <laughs> yeah. If you don't lizard sense it shit. Dude. I mean, there's like, uh, like Miami Ogatees immediately. They eat right. I lately I've been selecting a little bit more on on what I breed according to what eats. Because like, what's gonna make my life easier? It's not always what's gonna make like the most efficient project. It's like, yeah, let's uh, let's make snakes that eat. That's that's really cool. I like when they do that. Do animals eat for you? Yeah. Okay. I was, I was wondering about that because you hear. I've realized late, recently I've listened to all kinds of podcasts and everybody talks about like, yeah, albinos and amos don't fucking eat or anything else. And no. I'm like, anything that I have that isn't like one million genes usually eats or isn't diffused. Or a palmetto. When you start putting funky shit in there, it's when you start getting funky shit out. The white bug-eyed snake. Yeah. How do we break a snake and then still make it work? Very carefully. Reptilinks, man. Reptilinks. <laughs> yeah. That's, so. something, that's something I was talking about. Uh, it was a very weird situation yesterday at Petco when I was buying fish food. A very strange situation. Or no, I was buying a few hoppers. And the girl was asking me in there. The worker was like, how do you make ball pythons eat that don't eat? And I'm like, I've never had a ball python. Don't ask me. Here's some podcasts. And she was like, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm like, oh, my bad. Shit, sorry. But like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we talk about all these snakes. And like, they don't want to eat. And like, just, I'm, if they don't, they don't, don't want to live, they don't want to live. Fuck it. I don't know what to tell you. I so mean, that's really the like where everyone ends up anyway though we have all these tips and tricks and then eventually if you talk to a guy who's been doing it for you know forever how however long 10 plus years it's always like yeah fuck them they yeah, eat, that, they eat. that's all you can do is like if they eat these they don't well i just i can't bring myself to that moment yet no not with palmettos fuck that noise oh no no <laughs> fuck no, that noise weak genetics forever <laughs> We propagate those. <laughs> Listen. All right. I got to pee. Can you carry this bitch? I mean, I'll try to carry it. What's Mike talking about? I see Mike Kosicki talking some mad shit. <laughs> if they're three foot oh, now, shit. Mike. Mike said that you could breed them this year. That's kind of nuts. Mike, there ain't no fucking way you can bring, breed those things. I mean, I don't know a damn thing I'm talking about. I'm just trying to carry this shit while Joe goes and pees, but... Ain't no way. Mike, you're full of shit. Who else is talking? Wesley Pator? Oh, I'm sorry if I just fucked your name all up. But how albino pythons are made? Uh, they found a wild one. They bred it to normal. Got some heterozygotes. Crossed the heterozygotes and made some more albinos. That's how they made them. Although, uh, 
Bob Clark made a shit ton of money off those berms. James Lewis talking mad shit like always. And uh, James, you can go fall down some stairs for all I care. No one likes you and you're adopted. Get out of here. Who the hell? Instagram video. I don't like that. So what's y'all's favorite? <laughs> James said, shut up, Cox. Come make me, big man. Fuck off. Mike, how old are you, are you bringing your rat snakes? I'm just curious. As a uh, keeper of a pair, I want to know. Try to make some money off mine. Oh, that's a lie, James. Katie knows I'm a sweet person. I let y'all have a party in my hotel room at Tinley. Mike says you're good in springtime, buddy. They'll put on weight and length. I, I guess, yeah. Ooh. What is that? It's palmetto. Oh, I saw it was white, but damn. Oh, they got some spots coming down on them. Yeah, they grow spots as they get older. I have one that has like a a big color patch on his middle of his head, but this one uh this one just has a bunch of body spots. It doesn't have much outside of that. It's so cool. It's like little caritics. It like yeah, it doesn't count yet until like it's an actual snake. This is just a worm. It looks a little dome-headed though, now that I'm looking at it really close. Is that like a common deformity that happens with them? They get like a dome head? Honestly, I've seen it happen to other corn snakes, and um, I don't have it happen very often. Uh, it's kind of disappointing, to be honest, because this project just seems to be just the most direct by weak genetics. Well, that's something like. Fucking beautiful. Like it seems like that kind of like uh just loosism and borderline loosism always is just doomed. It never works out. Yeah, you got a point. Even like if you think about spider, uh, you know, the super is pretty much loosistic. Mm-hmm. It's when you start taking melanin out for whatever reason. Or... Well, it's like they talk about the melanocytes, and in the moment like you start messing with the melanocytes, you can mess with any other pigment except for melanin. And once you start messing with melanin, shit goes wild. Mm. It's so cool though. That was really chill because I've always heard palmettos are crazy as shit. Yeah. Flighty. Once you get them, once you get them down, any, any corn snake is flighty. If you handle them incorrectly. But yeah, she was rattling at me before when she was when she was in the tub. I say she, but I don't know. You don't know. So how did you learn to pop snakes, by the way? I'm just curious about this. What's that? So how did you learn to pop snakes? How do I like it? Oh, how did you learn to? Oh. Did you just trial and error when you first started doing it? Ooh. Or did you have 
Alexander, did you have somebody show you back then? Um, I had I actually had ball pythons to try it out on first. Um, I didn't have anyone really show me. I think I may have had Steve Thomas of SMT Reptiles show me on a ball python once. Um, but yeah. That's something you always hear people talk about, like, oh, if you're going to get into breeding, you have to know how to pop them or probe them or sex them or whatever, which I mean, they're not wrong. You don't want to sell some missed sex animals, but I'm like, huh, well, I was just curious about that. wondering who showed you. Even to, even because I was trying to to teach Jeremy, um, the guy who comes over and cleans my snakes, I was trying to teach him how to pop because he just has to have some king snakes so i did it and i popped him and then i had him do it and like he couldn't really get it but it's like yeah you just don't be afraid put more pressure on it um but at the end of the day it's like yeah you kind of got to practice it by yourself like it's best if you have someone show you but you get better it's a skill that you know you get better with it over time for sure especially those like those little fucking worms Cause like even with, dang, you see colubrids. It's easier. You, you see, really, it's easier. Yeah, they come out pretty damn easy. Now, uh, if you get the right angle, yeah, and you put your thumb in the right spot, it comes out super easy. Uh, ball pythons, it's like you can, kind of feels like you're maybe hurting this snake. You know, you really gotta, you gotta go for it. Like you're like almost bored on breaking them. You're like yeah. ah. Don't know how I like this. More than you would want to, you know, you would want to do to a snake for sure. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Mm. I think that's what I was thinking about the other day. It's like uh is Ben Morel still doing the genetic sexing and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I was like at the point like I might just charge extra if I ever get gray rat snake babies and be like, Yep, I are genetically sexed. I'm a bitch. <laughs> There you go. Now you can sell them for twenty five dollars instead of fifteen. Yeah, nice shit, right? I'll just put I'll, I'll put forty five on them. Five dollars if you want another sex, okay? I'll probably buy them all. <laughs> That'll be it. I, that dude, that female, she's getting redder and redder with every shed. She just shed for me this Monday or whatever it was last Monday, and I'm like, damn, you look stupid. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Like some of them have like this weird diffused kind of, I don't know, like black going on. And then some are very high contrast, very light background coloration, and then like regular pattern color. And then yours are, that one is like just has reddish pinkish hues. Well, uh, Montrose has some that are like that too because he posted a picture of some red, uh, not what the hell is that? White oak? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. He had some white oaks he posted the other day, and they were just like, had this like pink wash where you could see like they were bending. Like they looked like they were not taking his shit at all. But you see that, that like that pink flare at the base of the scale, and you're like, damn, that's different. Uh, I wanted to show you um, there's this just crazy, because we were talking about pinks and stuff like that. Um, I saw these these pine snakes, these northern pines that I just thought were super cool. Oh, dude, those are badass. So I guess dude. it's genetically bred to uh, generally genetically picked to breed out the pinks and reds in them. 
dude, that picture that looks like it looked like an Aatrox straight up. And I was like, is that an Aatrox and an egg? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it does. This is Danielle Diagostino. If I knew their name, reptile name, I would say it. But yeah, just crazy looking northern pine snakes. Super cool. Man, pine snakes are so cool. Whoa, and Pine Musarana has their cover photo. I know, I took a deep breath. Oh, man. I fucking love Musarana. That's so cool. It's so weird that the pied Musarana, like piebald and every other animal is a recessive trait, but piebald and Musarana is a fucking incomplete dominant. Really? Yeah, it's, so it's so there's pies and there's super pieds. <laughs> I love it when there's a weird super that's, yeah. A lot of times that's just like what came out with the most pied, you know, came out the most pied and they just call them super pied or is it like legit? It's legit incomplete dominant. Okay. It's so weird. It's not like the super jags, quote unquote. Sorry, Brian Barcheck had to bring that back up. So there was, there was like, um, God, what is it? You know, like in corn snakes, there's high expression, low expression, or uh, certain ones are kind of a judgment call, like salmon, or you know. So that's like uh, the the piebald reticulate python market. It's like there's a two thousand uh, dollar price range. In them sometimes because you can have lo- uh, low expression white mm-hmm. or a high expression white where it's like it looks like an actual piebald ball python, mm-hmm. and they just like I like the low expression ones because it just is, has that you know piebald ball pythons has like it messes the pattern all up all down them. And I think that's cool as shit. They just have like a really white belly that kind of flares up in some spots. And then the high whites are you know have the complete white banding and shit. So people, but I've seen some a few guys calling like, oh this is my super pied retic and I'm like. Whoa, chill, buddy. Whoa. I mean, the hardest thing is getting it up into your lifted truck after you buy it, you know? Dude, when you got an F-450 and it's on some, like, <laughs> some like 42s. Diesel, brother. It's, when you got some 42s on that motherfucker, you got to get a little, <clears throat> when you jump up in there with your tough butt tote, especially when you're five foot four, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you when the, when you walk like this at five foot four, it's hard, man. Hey, retic men don't walk; they waddle. Okay, dude, they got that arm swing going. They're like, yeah, they look like a pro wrestler about to jump up in that bitch. <laughs> that that kid rock meme. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Rona. Oh, dude, what's the most dangerous snake in the United States? The one that just bit you. Hey. Um, I'm trying to think of what would be legitimately the most dangerous. Probably the Mojave rattlesnake. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one. Mojaves. Yeah. Probably the the most interaction with humans because it's Southern California, but... Oh, I would say, what's the one that like the Pacific one that has the uh, Northern uh, same same deal, right? Is it Northern it, Pacific rattlesnake? I don't know. It's like the hematoxin mixture of neuro and cyto. Yeah, oh, cytotoxin, not hematoxin. My bad. Well, same shit, right? It's same just, shit. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Someone, venomous not, people help. 
I'm not Phil Wolf. Fuck off. I don't know the answer to that one. Because <laughs> I, I know that they used to call it hemotoxin all the time, and now I hear cytotoxin, now I hear all different shit. There's, like, there's names for the mixture of the two, too, that I don't know. I don't like it. Fuck it. I don't want nothing to do with that shit. All I know is I'm not touching it. I'll take a picture. I'll stand like six foot back, but I'm not getting near it. I'm not going to try to pose while holding its tail and shit. I'm sure like the most envenomations is probably the copperhead or. Dude. So I made a terrible mistake over the summer of telling a group of people that, yeah, copperheads don't hurt anybody. Copperheads are fine. I'm like, as long as you give them your space, you're fine. Well, apparently some dumbass thought, oh, you know, give it some space. It'd be all right. Forgot about it, walked by it. And one of my good friends got fucking nailed by a copperhead and envenomated. So now, now it's this whole thing. I think Ryan's a dumbass. He said, give the copperhead space. It's fine. I'm like, oh, fuck. Ooh, yeah. You fuck because, because they... Like, they're the ones, like, they don't care about people, it seems like. They'll come right up into urbanization or urban areas. Like, they'll get on the outskirts, like, hmm, suburbs, we don't give a fuck. Timbers are scary, though. That's something I've always heard. Timbers don't like a lot of human activity. If you go disrupt their habitat, they're like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah, and it's like, you're lucky if you find a coral snake or... Cottonmouth are probably... You know, you're probably getting some of the most interactions with humans by accident. I just want to find one. I've never seen a wild cottonmouth or copperhead. I just want to take one one good picture of them. It's all I want. I don't, I don't think I've seen a cottonmouth. But you've seen timbers, you fuck stick. I uh, I I looked up the ten most venomous snakes in in America, but it's like it's some bullshit list. Like you can tell, like the number one is the cottonmouth. Fuck, of course it is. And then number two is the timber rattlesnake. Hognose is probably on that list then. (laughs) Fucking hognose and garter snakes are venomous snakes on there. Yeah, it's like, it's just just going off of whatever Animal Planet special they saw last. But I mean, I want to say that the Mojave's got to be one of the most dangerous. Um, uh, Who will ever know? uh, It's the wrong side of the country. I'm fine. I'm safe from it. I'm not gonna go poke it with a snake. With, poke it with a stick. <laughs> there you go. Now you're talking like me. It's this bourbon. I'm telling you, man. I'm actually out of it now. I'm fucked. Probably well, a good thing. Probably out of a good new thing. place, by the way. It's actually pretty dope. Uh, I mean, you're not you're, joining us from the garage. No, I'm not from the garage. Not from the kitchen or anything of like that. No, it's pretty dope. It's uh, got a dedicated reptile room. Somehow fish are taking over the kitchen. <laughs> Stupid. We got minnows and a beta. Or beta, as some people like to call them. It's a beta. Uh, but no, that's pretty nice. I'm actually really excited. It gives me room to... I'm going to probably order some big cages soon for the Super Dwarf and the, the Sulawesi. Because those are the two, like... The Super Dwarf was my first python I ever got. So I can't get rid of him. I thought about it. He's going to stay. The Sulawesi is... That's my boy. That's my dog. <laughs> uh, he's staying. And then uh, I got plenty of room to put racks and ships there. So uh, I really think over the next couple of years, I might get into the North American colubrid shit. Some, oh, shit. 
I really want some corn snakes, uh, some more rat snakes. Maybe if I can save up money over taxis or whatever, some dry mark on. Oh, shit. Dude, I really want Texas indigos. I really okay. want Texas indigos. Why Texas over Eastern just because of ease? Uh, yeah, but also I, I thought that and then I was like, nah, fuck it. Because every time Riley Anderson would post pictures of his Easterns, I'd be like, man, those are fucking sexy. And everyone has Easterns. Well, it's also like, have you seen like when you look at a big speckled Texas indigo, there's something kind of cool about it. It makes me think of a lot of like Pattaya's Coronada, uh, but not 12 foot Indonesian and trying to fucking rip your face off. So that's, that's my thing is it's like a pseudo Pattaya's for me. I think, mm. I think it's so cool. So I'm hoping I could probably take that dive next year. Then I also really want some more Morelia. I want a few things. I want like maybe a, Maybe a female bread lie and a male striped Keep on darling. going with things that uh, have brains. You're on the right track, and now you're you're veering off. Man, I really want an albino bread lie. Okay, I need to put up the I need to put up the guardrails right now. This is oh man, oh, really? Oh no. Or I could get a million green trees in a little cube. God, how boring would your life be? My snakes have my snakes haven't moved in three days. You have to be so OCD <laughs> that even your snakes stay in perfect alignment wherever you put them. Like, dude, there you're in all stark white enclosures with a white perch with one plastic deli cup as a water bowl. Of course, it's how you do it. Goddamn yeah. it! <laughs> like puppy pack on the floor, you know. Yes, perfect. Uh oh, all right, Justin. Justin's fired up. Justin's personally attacked. That's it. <laughs> Actually, he's in a while. He's got Jansen Eye. Have you seen that shit? Dude, those are some attentive motherfuckers if we want to talk about animals that pay attention to you. And they eat fast. They think fast. They do everything. They're super cool. Boega and Jansen Eye are the... No, a whole lot of nope. But Justin's like, I love them. Yeah, it's a thing. Like, not for me, but then again, like... I don't know. Maybe one day, if I had unlimited resources, I could have one of those giant species of Spilotes or, you know, something that I don't mind flies at my face every once in a while. Or if I had a really beautiful display for it, they're they're fast, just like me. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Grab my computer charger while you're up. Thanks. Yeah, that's it's one of those colubrids that. You really got to pay attention to. I mean, also, like people have said all the time, like the beauty snakes and stuff like that. Why don't I have that stuff? It's another one of those things. Not only is it large, but it is very fast and also is always watching you. It can get pretty prone to being uh, stressed out, but I can imagine having one of those in a big, amazing uh, naturalistic enclosure would be awesome. So Wesley Pator asked, and I said that wrong. I'm sorry. Which snake can be tamed the most easiest? So I would say probably the most tameable species of snake to keep is the corn snake. And it's because I produce them. But it's also because that's true. Because even though corn snake babies can be a little bit of a handful, I haven't seen really an adult in which has been held on a regular basis that isn't tame. So they really tame out 
meaning like some species of snake, Jansen and I. I'm sure uh, you can tame them to a certain degree, but there's certain individuals that will just never, ever be tame, perfect little corn snakes. But corn snakes, for the most part, I would say 95% of them end up being amazing adults. So uh, you can you can rest assured that even if your baby doesn't act correctly, your adult will. So. And here we are watching Ryan get bourbon out of the fridge. And look at his beautiful beta fish. He is now an aquaculturist. Love you too. Why are you smelling like that? I don't feel safe. You didn't say you loved me too. Oh shit, you can hear that? Fuck. <laughs> oh shit, love. You mainly heard me show affection, goddamn it, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they heard that shit. They're making fun of me. They're act like a man, damn it. They say I'm a bitch because I show affection, babe. <laughs> it's some bullshit. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, they caught me. Gotcha. Fuck. Well, Dude. I did I did mess with you for drinking white claws the other time, but I drank white claws, uh You did, and that was fucking funny. And it was good. Uh, those things, <laughs> there's something to it. I'm just they saying, you're to be all you fuck you want, yeah. but they're delicious. They taste good. Like, they don't taste like there's any alcohol in there at all. And I tell you what, if you drink enough of them, I look like Austin Wark. <laughs> <laughs> drink enough, and I'm Bill Bradley. <laughs> it's just one of those two. <laughs> I think that was funny. I didn't even notice until after the podcast. And then I think like Austin and Bill, like hour two, like the last, like the end, end. They're like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> we're both gingers with beards who are bald. I was like, whoa, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> oh, man. I was watching that, and I was like, because I didn't get to watch it live, but I was watching it secondhand, just fucking around the, in the house. And I was like, God damn, those two look similar. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's got some splaining to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of us realized until, like, you know, we were a little tipsy at, like, hour three or, you know, in between hour two and three, but... uh yeah, even uh, even my beard's a little fucking ginge. Is it? I can't tell. Yours is too. What's going on? I don't. It's, it's that's the thing. You have a ginger beard like snakes. That's what it is. That's what it is. Don't know. So you're getting bearings, huh? Hopefully, we'll Fuck see what you. happens. I um, hate you so much for that shit. I don't know. I gotta. I gotta figure out. Shit, man! I really wanna. I wanna put them in an enclosure. That's sick. Like, throw that ATB outside in the wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> throw it in the trash. <laughs> We're getting barons. Just take the ATB, put it in a box, send it to Justin. He likes dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many idiots I have out there? He's like always oh, begging to be put holes in. Like. 
Who well, wants to be a human pincushion? Owen McIntyre. Just drive over to his house, sit in his hand, and go, this is yours, and walk away. That's all you got to do. Owen will be like, it's mean and hates me. I love it. It just, I picture Riley when we had him on the podcast and we were, it was another one of the deep hours, but uh, basically looking at ATB, like putting his hand in like a child who's touching the stove. Ow. And it just biting him and then doing it again. Ow. Ow. And just like trying to interact with this animal that's clearly an Amazon tree boa. That fucking, because y'all went so fucking late on that show. Everybody went to sleep. We just gave up on y'all. We just went to sleep. That and was that's one of the most downloaded episodes. And me and Riley laugh about that all the time. It's literally like it has more downloads than Marco Shea, and uh, it's literally maybe the second most downloaded podcast of all time. That oh my god, yeah, that like four hour just roller coaster, a suffer fest by the end of it. Just hearing Riley at that one part, they're going, Ow, ow, (laughs) you're so mean. I'm just like, What is he doing? (laughs) It's almost as good as the episode GTP Keeper Radio whenever somebody gets nailed because they open the wrong tub and it's a hungry indigo snake. It's one of my favorite moments in the podcast ever because all you hear is the tub go, go, and you hear, fuck the indigo. <laughs> I don't remember who it is, but Evan Browder was on that episode because it was like the, the new Keeper podcast. <laughs> it's something, something magical about when someone gets nailed by a snake mid-podcast. Yeah, that's why, uh, well, I don't know if you remember, but... Uh... Howard Redding just cleaned all of his snakes during our podcast. Yeah, it looked like a, like this, right? Yeah, <laughs> it looked like a binder. Because <laughs> that was like before I knew, knew you uh, you and everybody else, and it was just like, I got on there. You could, you could say the words. You could I, didn't, I, didn't, words. I didn't want to say the, say the word. I didn't know it was going to be for 10 years. Before I knew you guys, and I'm like listening, and I hear this. I'm like, I was like at work, and I hear Howard, move the fucking binder. (laughs) He literally put the camera on a binder clip. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Then I realized you had a video stream and everything with it. I'm like, oh, he literally fucking set you on a goddamn binder. (laughs) He just said, "Mm, I've got more important shit to do. And after I met Howard, it made perfect sense. That's the thing. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like, it's actually directly in character. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's not abnormal now that I know him a lot more. It makes sense. But yeah. Be like, how rude. But if, if you meet Howard, you understand. That's just Howard Redding. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think rude, not rude is, really matters. It's He's just, the only guy that I've ever met. Who I'm like, hi, my name's Ryan. He's like, hold on. I'm Howard. Let me talk to you about crocodile conservation. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. And, and that's that's where I get my wardrobe from. Howard at at different uh, reptile shows. So you have flamingo underwear. If only, he just sell those for croc conservation. I would I would buy those for sure. I hope they know they were in Eric Burke's pool at Carpet Fest. Wait a second. 
Oh, I just got a weird text. I thought something thought something more fun was happening than what was actually happening. Oh, I was like, what, Justin Smith talking shit? No, there was literally a text. So how open are you to being kidnapped for a fun animal and maybe outdoors-related day on Saturday? It doesn't sound like I'm being kidnapped. It sounds like I, you're I filming a surprise. I, I feel like a real good fucking day. Yeah. Is it like what? Hold on, what's a fun animal? Are we talking about rough scale python or African rock python? Is it? <laughs> you, listen, it's not like it's not like Eric and Owen texted me. It's like, hey, you ready for a a fun? They would have never. <laughs> but like, no, you can tell by the way it's worded. It's not a snake person or anyone who would who would do something that we actually consider animal related. It's probably like, so outside the realm of like, we want to like, Ooh, touch, touch things. <laughs> this is probably like looking at a white tailed deer from like a hundred yards. <laughs> I'm bringing my French bulldog on a hike. Let's go. You want to do some animal related things. <laughs> But dog has a family, yeah. stick, not a family we're, tree. We're going. We're going to the dog park. The dog park. Oh man! <laughs> I thought we were going hiking, looking for decay snakes. Fuck. Oh, dude, you know what I did uh, this weekend? I just went. I went out to the Poconos. And uh, what you do there? I. Well. Friday, Thursday, Friday, kind of rough, like a bunch of shit. A bunch of shit went down. I was pretty ready to get the fuck out of here, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, so Friday night, whatever, Saturday morning, I wake up and I was like, wait, I have like a day. Like I can do anything with this day. So I was like, fuck it. Let's go to the Poconos. And then I went, I just went up north. Like, I didn't even look at where I was going. And so I just went up north. And then I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. So I, like, went up, I went west. And then I ended up in Jim Thorpe, which is, like, a really cool town. They call, like, the Switzerland of the Poconos. And, uh, yeah, it was a cool little town. I I went to a beach with the dog, and she went in the lake. And then we went to the Lehigh Gorge Trail and, uh, Saw a big ass river and uh, in the mountains, it was really nice. Sounds like a good fucking day. Yeah, and it was like uh, it was a good hike. Like it was, it was enough of a hike where I went, I parked, I took the trail, I went into town, went to downtown, um, got Chinese food because that's what I eat, and uh, yeah, and Dixie just passed the fuck out like on their little main street there, and. Uh, so she was super tired, and I was like, I don't know if it's time to go back now. It's getting a little bit dark. So eventually she started looking a little bit alive, got her some water, and then uh, we headed back, and I was stuck in the woods in the dark for the last probably half a mile or so. But, uh, yeah. That's always fun, being stuck in the woods in the dark. And it's like it's like it's not like – it's not like your city park, right? It's like yeah. you're in the polka does. It's like for real. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like it's dark. It's yeah. dark. 
And it was literally like there's this there's a trail across like this river in which is like weird embankments, weird drop offs and stuff like that. But I didn't die. Well, thank God you didn't die. Because we said I mean, if he dies, he dies, really. Yeah, fuck it. Send it. Full send. <laughs> so then and then that night I, I got back to my car and then I went back in town and then found a place where there's overnight parking and just fucking slept in the parking lot. What in the hobo fucking shit are you doing all weekend, son? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not fucking around. I wasn't gonna drive home two hours. I already had a nice full what day. Did you do? Into the wild and get a fucking wild hair? What happened? It's a it's a mental breakdown. It's just a little, you know, just a yeah. little you gotta get out there. No, it was just just Saturday, just Saturday to Sunday. I don't know. I just didn't feel like going home. And I'm good. good at, I'm good at being homeless every once in a while. That's good. That sounds like a good day, though. No matter fucking what, I'm jealous as fuck of you. Yeah, dude, it was really nice. And then I woke up in the morning. Um, Dixie went for a, a swim. I took a shit in the woods, and uh, you know, we all just went. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's pretty much that, you know. Every good day starts with a shit in the woods, and that's a fact. <laughs> Justin's comment of Hobo Joe fits so much better now. <laughs> Come on, man. Wait for you just to go, my name is Matt Foley. <laughs> I live in a Subaru down by the river. Hey, super the car reptile people. I'm just saying right now. That's it's it. uh, <laughs> all terrain. And uh, yeah, it works for me, you know. I just put the seat back. Dixie slept in the back. I slept in the front. You're going to have to smack Justin Smith. He's getting out of hand down there in the comment section. <laughs> He's doing just fine. He's spot on, I think. <laughs> He's just in goddamn Smith, I know, but still. <laughs> Man in many hats. Yeah. Are you going to, to Daytona this weekend? No. Okay. There's just... No. There's just like... no way, man. Like, I can't even take a day. Like, I had that one day in the Poconos, and it felt like... And, and then by day, I left at like 11 a.m., and then got back at 11 a.m. the next day because I had to sell a snake after. So it's like literally 24 hours, and it felt like oh, it felt like the heavens were opening up. No. That's why I guess my doing part time, man. As doesn't I still can't get someone to answer customers, to pack snakes, to arrange shipments, and all that. That takes uh, someone who actually gives a shit like me. Eight days a week. Eight days a week. Yeah. I'm kind of, so I'm kind of, uh, I'm trying to get more in tune with how this typically goes. Cause this is really only my second large season, but definitely my first season with the full-time job and doing this and doing as much as I am now in comparison. And then also I don't just have the snakes. I have like the isopods and stuff like that going on independently. So it's like even more work than last year. It's just me plus one person now, but, uh, yeah, dude, 
I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> breathing through a snorkel. Just breathing through a snorkel. <laughs> through a straw. Yeah, through a straw. But, <laughs> well, once you get out of babies, then you can sleep for like three months when brumation comes around. That's <laughs> I will roommate. I feel like it's all you're just counting down, like scratching on the wall, like one more day till brumation. Like Two more days till brumation. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, with my homemade shank. <laughs> so, do you just stick them in your fucking basement, or do you stick them outside? Basement. Basement. So, what's yeah, the temperature? So, I mean, now that I'm in Philly, it, it works just fine. What's the temperature you aim for whenever you do that? Because I'm thinking I'm going to put my guys down this year as like a brumation for, you know, just do because they're a year old now. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll stick them down for the year, see what happens. If they die, they die. <laughs> they won't die if you do it correctly but yeah 50 to 55 50 55 okay so we got this little fucking shit out back I might throw like a I don't know I think about finding out what would be better a heating unit or uh, maybe just like a fucking rack like stick a rack out there run some heat run some a cord out to it and just heat the rack itself then you know do the back of like I don't know, 60, 50, whatever fuck it is. The way I did it, I mean, you saw how I did it in the the closet back in the day. Yeah. In Texas. Just I like an area heater, you know, space heater, 55, 60 degrees. You also popped the breaker. It almost froze them all. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it gets a lot colder here in Kentucky than it does in Texas. That's true, yeah. So that shit would be popping off all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to be like, uh, responsible. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, to go and have a corn snake frozen in a water bowl. Corn snakes. They're fine. Corn. You know, rat snakes are tougher. They're not as inbred. It's, it's a fact. They lay actual eggs. Not those weird oblong eggs. See, that's where... Uh... Corn snakes usually have perfectly round eggs. But people say that since they've been inbred or they've had rat snake species, that's what gets you those ablong eggs. So I, I've had corn snakes that have both perfectly round eggs and then very oblong eggs. So I don't know. I'm going to ask, what the palmettos lay? Triangles. Triangles? Okay. Good it's kind of like the beaches of Normandy. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks is just yelling behind one. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> I don't fucking know. We're this is why you can't have us together on a podcast. We just fucking say stupid shit. <laughs> We're like, what's wrong with them two? I don't know. They're fucking stupid. <laughs> Dude, so would you ever go back to Texas for a show, like Herps or something? Oh, Texas is awesome, of course. I think I want to go to Texas next year for a Herp show. Just fucking go hang I would out. Go to NARBC Arlington. But yeah, you know, Corona. <laughs> I mean, if anyone, it's always, it's always a thing. Like, if anyone really wants to get me down there, someone want to like pay, maybe I'll make a video or, uh, you know, be a pal. Do you have a tripod or something? Do I need a what? Do you have a tripod? Yeah. And you had no excuse not to make videos, god damn it. It's been too long. <laughs> what I don't have is 
free time computer i have literally i have a, a microsoft surface pro oh. so the 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 ram is super low and okay. um, and it doesn't have the sd card insert that my other one had um i did have someone arranged to edit videos but i just even just the managing of people at this point is becoming a thing yeah so uh I was like Ixnay on the video. I don't know how to speak. Uh, yeah, but you got it. What? You don't know how to speak Latin? I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. Trust me. It's just not happening under these conditions at this. You just have to get an iPhone, man. Oh, I have a fucking Everybody Android does. S9. It's not an iPhone. Well, I should... <laughs> I, I was thinking of I was thinking of literally yeah I was thinking of literally just taking videos and don't doing or not doing any editing. Oh, doing like just straight video? Yeah, you could do that. That's People what would probably want to you know poke their eyes out with forks, but fuck um, them. Yeah, it would at least get something out there. I was thinking. I don't know. It's hard because I have I have so much new shit to show off. <laughs> I have like so many isopods. I have so many geckos. I have all the shit that no one's ever seen. I have different enclosures, you know, that no one's ever seen. Honestly, I'm I'm a lot better than when I lasted videos like as a keeper or breeder. And I'm also oh, dude, you're like around like 10 times. You've gotten so it's fucking stupid. So like all the all the videos that I have are like very amateur, so I gotta get around to it. It's just not fucking happening right it's now. Birds come over to help you out. I mean, you'll have to get him a, a milk crate to stand on, but still, <laughs> it'll be good shit. I need at least a a camera. Yeah. <laughs> just get tell some twelve year old stop playing Fortnite. Come over, help you out. That's what I need. I want I want a teenager who's interested in reptiles. He would just like do shit. You know, like everyone, everyone wants to get paid, blah, 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 you know, fuck that. Pay, you get paid and experience, God damn it. <laughs> this is mentorship, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need a, yeah, I need to dock Antle some, some people. Whoa. You don't, Whoa. <laughs> don't you be docking. Like that, so meaning like getting labor, you know? Oh, okay. Like, okay. okay. All right. You know. I just need tigers. That's not you got corn snakes. You gotta at least have articulated python or something that way you can get some young people in there. Something bigger. Yeah. That girls that are more impressed with. A ponytail, some drug charges. I mean what? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably carry a knife. So a very large one. Joe, I will fucking send you a K bar if you carry that shit on your hip at Tenley Park. Hilarious. <laughs> I'll talk to my Sheridan too. Oh no! It's a white, it's a white wife beater. You gotta have tucked it all the time. My my uh, my ponytail should be on by then, so I think we'll be good yeah, by next be- in late twenty twenty two. Shave off your mustache, have a neck beard, you'll be Ooh. fine. You'll be good. Um, you look all as fuck. All right, I gotta pee again, and I gotta get my uh, computer charger. Oh fuck! Here we go again. Yeah. Here we go. What the fuck are they saying in the comment section? Mike, Mike said he 
Yep. You got it. You got it. You know it feels like work. Watch out. Mm. It always feels like work. Fuck that shit. Michael said Brooks was here. Who's Brooks? Brooks and Dunn? Almost it should have been a cowboy, but that's Toby Keith. Justin said hexagons. Okay. Uh, he said raw dog it. Wow. That, sh- that got out of hand so quickly. Wow. My girlfriend sent me inappropriate text messages. Hey. <laughs> Paul got it. I don't know, Mike. I don't know what you're talking about, Shawshank. <coughs> I'm not saying because since coronavirus, everybody's all sad. Can't really go to a reptile show. Nothing. We're all just sitting around with our finger up our butt. Just like, I don't know what to do. Your job does suck. It's okay. It happens. Not really. Every now and then you have a global pandemic, just really fuck shit up. What are the kind of comments we got going on here? Mom, just my back's hurting me from carrying this shit. I like how I just settle on. Their must smells like burnt hair. It's the worst. I'm assuming you're talking about Amazon tree bolas. Heard they smell like absolute dog ass. Joe's fallen. No, he ain't fallen yet. If we hear the stairs, though, we need to tell. I really wish Dixie would just come up on screen. It's like the world's best dog. Justin, how many tree bows did you have? Didn't you have like six? Twelve? Like four? I don't know. Until he learned better. I have a bottle cap at the floor. That sounds promising. <laughs> hey. I figured I'd bring down some more creatures. Oh, what'd you get now? Creatures from the depths. Is it a mixed animals? But you're the only one who has at least this one. I mean, you're not gonna be able to see shit, really. Is that one of the fucking Tesseras? Oh, dude, I forgot the charger, and it literally just said battery running low, and just gave me this. Well, go so, yeah, this is a coral ghost Tessera thing, who is super flighty and just looks like a gray snake to you guys. So yeah, uh, yeah, gray snakes. There's a stripe right there too. But the, the stripe completely, it like is non-existent towards the tail, which is pretty, it just completely fades away all pattern. Um, let me actually get this charger. Yeah, go get the charger and the water python. <laughs> I don't know. She's very, she's very day-to-day recently. Oh, no. Whether she wants my presence or not. Hormones are a motherfucker. That sounds like we're talking about something else, Joseph. Oh, man. Oh, man, I wish I could screen share it. Oh, I think I can, actually. I don't know. Mike, what do you got cooking up this year? You always got some wild shit going on. Yeah, he's right way down that coral ghost. 
They're fucking wild. They're like, ah, oh, white and gray one year. Next year, they're fucking pink. Here we go. All right, there he is. There's the man. Is that what it is? Something like that. Dude, I uh, got a little weird with my pairings this year, and I just decided to put my fluorescent the orange be the random things. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's a cool. What the fuck? So this is like a reverse Ogati Tessera, which is super cool. Um, you can't tell how red this fucking thing is, but it's outrageous. Well, the contrast is stupid over here. Yeah, like it still looks good on here, but. So that if that tells you anything, the contrast can pop from you know, a bullshit webcam. I mean, it's pretty. But then there's also like in between. There's a really, a really legit stripe down the dorsal, but there's also white around that stripe, which you can't really see. But uh, yeah, this this thing will look sick. So you just do your reverse oak tea with everything. So this is just a reverse oak tea tessera. Okay. Was that that one you posted about on Patreon? I don't think so. Okay. I should remember what pair that was you posted on Patreon. I was like, Oak Tea something. Might have been your Miami Oak Teas. I had posted that they hashed out, but everyone is pretty much accounted for out of the egg. Everybody's like, I want that one. Fuck off. Well, I only got I only got a couple like normal um, babies out of it and that one was dude it's so cool looking um i think i took a video oh shit my phone's about to die should have should have gotten that charger too huh what a oh dick. my god you amateur i know you fucking amateur but it's fucking beautiful and it's sold i probably should have kept it but uh, it's a returning customer who, you know, she already got she got the mail last year, so she's been looking for a female, and it's perfect looking. So, Why one day I'll like actually get a counterpart male for my female, and we'll actually make it work. But I was on Carol's list, but apparently I didn't come up because I didn't get any messages. Dude, speaking of that, I gotta fucking take my name off Garrett Hardell's list for those fucking super doors. Since fucking moving this apartment, I've been like, nope, we're cutting back on size because people don't realize super doors still get fucking big. <laughs> yep. And they're they're like they're not retic sized, you know, they're just scrub python sized. Or like a you know, <laughs> even like a boa constrictor, it's still a thing. Even if you know you get something that gets six to seven feet. Well, it's like, I always share this picture with people, and they're like, oh, what's the super dwarf look like? And there's some one breeder in particular, they share a picture of their pure calico female. Uh, she's like fucking like a full-blown like Suriname red tail size. Everybody's like, oh, I thought they were like corn snakes. And I'm like, the males are. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking. I'm just like, eh, I'm going to pull my name off that list because 
I just feel like with an apartment, you can't logistically have that. And I've already picked my two big snakes, and I'm like, that's it. They're my buddies. They're going to be my two big ones, and they don't make a pair. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially that's essentially my method of keeping large constrictors. Yeah, One you're them, not a pair. Yeah, you're. Uh, I mean, even your water is going to get big, right? Eric and Owen said that giant one in Australia, which is incredible. But I mean, even that animal is probably like six, seven feet, which is absolutely the absolute max I think that they could get. I mean, that thing was huge. Did your heart drop when you saw that? Oh, I was like, what the fuck? It's like you just, it's like you want to see animals in the wild and then say, this is, you know, how I want to feed my animals in captivity. But that animal looked like it was eating fucking whoppers since out of the egg. It's it like, fucking huge. You're like, oh, fuck. It's like, yeah, I'm not getting my snake that fat. That's just not happening. Because I didn't realize that was a water python until they mentioned it on that fucking podcast. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. That was, that was hefty. It was a big one. <laughs> it was a big one. I take it for I'll tell you what. It's uh, so yeah, colubrids are just like I don't, I don't know, man. It's easy to keep an adult corn snake. It's just Dude, why would you, you mess around? Apparently even gray rats can get fucking huge. Dominique had that one that everybody thought was a thought was a boa in Cincinnati. Well, I I sent that I sent that <laughs> video I think to you guys of that that gray rat snake that literally looked like a boa and had zero neck. It was lacking all neck. That poor bastard. It's been eating breeder mice its whole life. Dude. It was insane. Had no neck. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So what all you got fucking other rat snakes? You got what? Western rats, fox snakes, you got yellow rats? Um, I don't, but there are eastern rats. I do have I do have an Everglades rat. A Everglades rat? One. Yeah, I had two. Um they actually both got out. And I happened to find one of them on a an incubator that I was bringing upstairs that I was selling to someone. So uh just found her right on the back of the incubator and then brought her upstairs and uh yeah. Fucking what the So hell? I almost lost her. Oh, Unfortunately man. I lost it. Rat snakes are so sneaky, man. That's why I like I put mine in fucking Tupperware containers when you first gave them to me. I was like, Nope, we're not playing this game. We're going in a fucking bento box. That way you can never escape. It's yeah. Got, it's got a latch on four sides of it. <laughs> That's like people, they always like, they get baby corn snakes and baby rat snakes. And I'm like, dude, you've got to put that motherfucker in a Tupperware container. Like that shit you get at fucking like the racks or the little tiny cages. Like they'll just fucking sneak out so fast. Yep. That is unfortunate, but the truth. Every time I see that shit, they sell people like, oh, yeah, get the exoterra. It's got the opening front. And it's like, fuck that. That motherfucker will slide out through a gap. Yeah, the one I always tell people is the uh, the Zilla sliding. 
Sliding tops. Oh, yeah. dude, I found I found the video. I found it of Bubba. <laughs> Bubba. Bubba the gray rat. Guys, look at that is a that is a carpet python. That's a scrub python. <laughs> that is not a gray rat snake. Dude, somebody get the thing an insulin shot. <laughs> so fucking- look at this thing. It has no neck. <laughs> so stupid. I mean, it's an awesome snake, but fuck, man. I mean, and I think I think this was someone who got it like as a rescue too. You know, it's not like they made into this monster, this seven to eight foot giant gray rat snake with no neck. That's a coastal. That's a fucking coastal right there. Yes. Dude, I bet you it's wide open as fast as it goes too. I think this is actually real life footage of everyone's female coastal carpet python in 2002. You leave Owen McIntyre alone. <laughs> hey, I didn't name names. I love that every time he talks on NPR, he's like, yeah, I used to get 40 eggs out of a clutch and think what? just goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> just like that. It's one of my favorite fucking bits of NPR. Why did you fuck around? I got Nick Mutton on the show. Nick Mutton, come on here right now. I haven't... Uh... I should have Nick Mine on the show. I've never had him on the podcast. You never you, Isn't that weird? Dude, you talked he was your white whale forever. It was Nick Mutton. And you never got him on here. And so you get Mark O'Shea, which was like even like higher. No, I mean I don't know. I gotta I gotta figure out we need to we need to get someone big, man. You gotta get the the captain from Whale Wars. That's your next guest. <laughs> I've actually looked that up. You know, I've looked that up. I forget his name. I forget his name, but I think I've actually reached out to him before. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> this is like this is probably. <laughs> it's also when I reached out to. Uh, fuck, man! What's that guy's name? Um, Wild America, Marty Stoffer. Okay. Oh, so, fuck. Out, oh dude, we need to watch we need to watch a quick Wild America um intro or something. We're gonna get demonetized so quick, but it's gonna be oh, so worth it. They're taking it down so fast. You need to you need to know who this guy is. You need to watch these, they're amazing. Are those like the, the wild documentaries from like the seventies? Oh yeah. We're okay. gonna see him in a real good turtleneck right now. This is it's the shit, really. They're they're actually they're really great. Um, he does one on king snakes, which is really awesome. Let's get demonetized in three, two. I'm Marty Stout. I'm Marty Stout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marty Stout. Do that V neck though. I'm Marty Stout. <laughs> Yo, sweat it. Oh, yeah. Dude, I would be him if I had hair. Yeah, this could be you. But you're sleeping. I'm getting Bosley treatment. I'm going to be this Marty is like, This is what America used to be. Like, he he only does, he does Wild America. He only yeah. does America. I'm Marty Stout. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love this is a compilation of going, I'm Marty Stafford. <laughs> what have you found? <laughs> it goes on for five minutes. But basically, I reached out to Marty Stauffer, um, and anyone who's older than us essentially grew up with that guy on TV all the time. That's like, and uh, dude, he has he has amazing episodes of this show. You gotta watch it; it's really great. And it's like he all shot it himself in like, you know, it's not like he's going anywhere exotic. He's like in America trying to trying to make these wildlife shows and uh filming out like the back of his fucking van oh he's definitely a dude who's probably lived in a van before like i think that's like part of like how he originally pitched the show is he just recorded shabba's fucking van if i remember right he's essentially like me but with more more dreams my pocono trip just with a camera yeah that's literally all it was because i remember the I think I remember briefly remember them talking about him on Animal Planet back when I was younger because they was back when they were revamping Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom and shit like that. And Same they would all probably where they got the like it's a very similar show. Yeah, there's like won awards and shit. Like it mm-hmm. was a really long-standing series, I believe, on PBS. But um, yeah, I got I reached out to him and then I got some weird. Some weird response, man. <laughs> and then something about a lawsuit and all this other stuff. And then I was like, okay. It's like, yeah, we're, we're going to do this interview. Just don't mention CBS, those lying, cheating whores who are going. To... <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't really like that. But it was uh, definitely some weird stuff in which, like, we couldn't say certain things. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to. Not going to do it. But maybe one day we'll have Marty Stauffer on, man. Maybe one day when that lawsuit all gets settled. <laughs> Dude. Uh, who was the other guy who used to do shit back in the day? Uh, Austin Stevens? Yeah. Is Austin he, Stevens still around? Is he still alive? That's a good question. Um, he's definitely seen as more of the uh, kind of just hype. And I know he did it because I read his books. I believe it's Snake something or another. But, um, yeah, he's 70, 70 years old. Um, Holy in- fuck. But, yeah, I read his book. He's like, sleeps with cobras and does all, like, you know, stunt type of things more so. I just remember that one where he got fucking bit by that cobra. He was like going Bro, how old is his wife? Dude. Oh my god, there's something good going on here. So are we talking? Um, like how good? Are we talk I'm, I'm gonna shut the fuck up now you finish that sentence. <laughs> um I thought this was his daughter, but I think it's his wife. Oh, okay. Alright. Do like What? What is she holding right there? Okay, for a minute I thought she was holding the both rops, and I was like, "Uh oh, no!" But it's not. It looks boega almost. Um, it looks like something that I wouldn't be holding. I can't tell exactly, but, but yeah, it looks like his daughter. <laughs> so, 
Just I mean, she looks right. 14. So Austin it Stevens happens. getting it in. Hashtag Doc Antle. <laughs> what? <laughs> he'll he'll never come on there if you mention this. Fuck. God damn it! Are we, we talking shit? We gotta save these jokes for later. Uh, I want to tell him all about his fourteen-year-old wife. Fuck. God damn it! I ain't Robert Irwin on here. <laughs> he is. Imagine, I guess that is the top of the top now, right? Like, who can uh, who can top like an Irwin, dude? Right? Like the the Irwins are back on top now, riding that high. Although I will say, you know, it's a fucking bad motherfucker is Bob Steve's dad. I watched the thing the other day. It was like him interviewing with some radio station in Australia, and he's like, that motherfucker's ancient. And he's still just like, don't give a fuck. Gonna go rescue some crocodiles. I've uh, I've emailed them too. I tried. Hey, you know what? What's the worst that happened? They don't answer. I don't know. And now I just gotta try. Uh... Jeff Corwin. I I heard that he's not into he's not into captive keeping. So it'll probably be bad. I still gonna tell some stories. I I think it's weird. That he oh, I love Jeff Corwin. Was probably my favorite. Out of, Dude, me uh, too, right? Yeah. He was silly and funny and actually knew his shit in comparison to a lot of the others of that time period. So I thought it was so weird because everybody used to shit on Jeff Corwin because there was the episode where he went to, uh, I think it was like India or something. He was going to like fuck with King Cobras. And they were like, even the, like, the snake handlers there were like, no, we're not tailing this. We're going to pin it. We're going to hold it for a few seconds and let it go. And after that, he was pinning every lap. But after that, he was like, he's like, hold it for a few seconds, let it go, don't fuck with it too long. And everybody's like, Jeff Corwin's a pussy. He I remember, it. yeah, I remember as a kid being like, he's got this like tool, he's got this hook, this fucking pussy. Steve Irwin would have had that thing <laughs> by, the, by the butthole. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> it was like Jeff Corwin's a pussy. He didn't tail a Taipan. <laughs> Turns out like he just resp- he's a responsible human being, and it's like, yeah. Much oh. respect. <laughs> Fucking Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I guess like, like Jeff Corwin's actually pretty cool, and now he does like cruise ship programming. It's like what the fuck? I saw him. He was on a live stream um, a few weeks ago. It was super good. I don't know. He was at some facility, um, but he was playing with the snakes and talking about them, and it was really good. He he was a key person. He slept on pretty heavily. Uh, I mean, Steve Irwin, he just stole the fucking thunder from everybody. You couldn't deal with that shit. Emma Parker was running away from that lawnmower from that crocodile aggro and stuff all the time. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Gordon was a pussy, though, for fucking using tools. And that was like, yeah, it was the same era as Mark O'Shea, Austin Stevens was a little bit earlier, I think. But, yeah, man, those were... Uh, Oh man, the days. I guess now are the days too, though. It's just that those people are cu- uh, c- fucking. I can't. Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> you a- say the fucking mammal that's like a dog? Coyote Peterson. There you go. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say someone be like, like, where are we going with this conversation, Joe? I don't know where this is going. <laughs> no, it's like it's like coyote and like and like Barcheck and stuff. Like those are the new guys. They um, are. 
They're, uh, I mean, Isn't that weird? I feel like you don't you don't feel the same feelings when those guys are like your guys now. I, I don't know. It's different when it's like Steve or when you're a little kid and you have the magic, right? Well, it's like I fucking remember bar checking when I was younger because yeah. Stink Bites was fucking 10 years ago. YouTube's been around for a long goddamn time. And uh, even back then, it was like, oh, it's something cool about it. But now that we're older and we've learned a thing or two, we're like, oh, yeah, probably not the smartest fucking thing. But they're fucking indoctrinating the next group of fucking kids to come up and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a ball python. And then in 10 years, they're like, I'm going to go freehandle a cobra. I mean, but then again, like Steve Irwin was like the worst influence. Dude. You know how many times I still to this day will go chase down a garter snake because I get that little rush of like, oh, it's like Steve Irwin again. <laughs> God, God forbid it's actually something that can fuck me up like a big old black rat. Oh, dude, I found I found a garter snake finally. It's been I've been just walking the trails here in Philly, just looking for any snake that isn't a water snake, and it took so long, and like I was literally on a first date with this girl and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like yep this is happening I saw it that she just saw me bolt and she was like what the fuck was like I know it's hot so and then you know and couldn't keep her off since so here we are <laughs> you on a first date chasing a fucking garter snake down <laughs> Like a moron through some stinging needle and shit. Yeah, I like she was impressed. She was really just probably embarrassed, but she's probably terrified. Like, what's wrong with this fucking moron? Oh, I already told her. Um, yeah, I already. I usually See, get I that out of the third day to mention that shit. Yeah, yeah. We were actually, Uh-oh. we were, uh, we were, we were zooming. We, we killed we Joe because that's what uh, people do these days. Oh, there you are. But, uh, she was like, we were talking about snakes, and she's like, they're not like there, are they? And I'll be like, you mean these fox snakes that are in quarantine right next to my bed? Or are you talking about the two dozen geckos that are to the left of my bed? And uh, yeah, we still talk on an infrequent basis. Yeah. I'm sure it's going fine. Happens. Progress hey, progress. ladies. <laughs> <laughs> is, that like first, is that like first thing listed on your Tinder profile? Is like, yes, I keep snakes. Yes, they're in my bedroom. No, my I have literally most of the pictures on the dating websites include a snake because I realized that I haven't taken pictures with anything but a snake in like Meaning, like one of the pictures, like from college, you know, like it's not a, it's not the best look unless there's a snake in it. Those are the last four years, but <laughs> isn't that terrible? That's why you get to start taking pictures of friends. You get to tell people like, put the snake down, goddamn it, quit, Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but I mean, that is, it's our life. I think it's just that's what it is now. If you're going to. Uh, if you're gonna swipe right, bro, you gotta be down. You know, you gotta be down with the snakes. <laughs> There's consequences to this game. There is, there is. <laughs> there is for sure. There's consequences. 
I mean, your girl seems to take it in stride. Again, I went to the third date to mention it, and it's like, oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> Kara. Huh? Is that is that your call? Hey, was the third date? Whenever I was like, you were like, why is your phone fucking blowing up? And I was like, yeah, I'm in a group chat, and I like met you like it's because of snakes. <laughs> but she did she know that you at least because you you weren't able to talk without saying things about snakes though were no. you? Mm-mm. Oh, she didn't know. Yeah. She oh, didn't she know. didn't know. Oh, she didn't know. Ooh, you sneaky, sneaky. And then I was like, I just, I just like something like my phone was blowing the fuck up because Warren Booth and everybody was on like NPR chat, and I like, I couldn't keep my eyes away. I was like, oh, they're talking something important. <laughs> Don't want to miss anything about my nerd snake group. And then I was like, I'm like, I think I slipped in a few times. I talked about some stupid shit. Like, like, oh, have you ever thought about piebaldism? It's such a strange trait. <laughs> and it's like, why do you know about this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> she's she's into science, though, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was like, that was like the saving grace. Like, with that girl that I'm talking about, she was like, she's a biology teacher. So she was like, kind of understood. Yeah, see, that's how you do it. Like, that's where all the sick fucks are from. They're, you know, biology teachers. They're cool with our bullshit. Biology teachers are sick fucks. Okay, I'll write that one down. <laughs> not in the traditional sense. And like, oh, uh, and like they'll they'll dissect things. And you not, know. Like a, not like a Charles Manson kind of sick fuck kind of way. More like... Uh, they're not afraid of a dead animal every once in a while, you know? Okay. A good roadkill. They're, they're chill with having a freezer full of dead mice. Okay. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly where we need to be. Okay, all right. You don't got to be cool with dead animals in the freezer. You don't have to have a separate deep freeze for them, <laughs> dude. That's what I'm about to. By the way, deep freezes are fucking expensive. I uh, I have a little like mini freezer in the downstairs, but then I also have half in the upstairs freezer. And yeah, I got a fucking Dixie jump. always complains that I take up you know most of the freezer, and I figure she's complaining because she doesn't get to chew on one. <laughs> I can see her fucking up a small rat if you actually dropped one. She go, oh, she doesn't it. like little creatures like that. Yeah, she doesn't mind snakes, but I don't think she would like a little mammal. She's like, mm, I'm not sure about this one, dude. So what the shit is fucking Alabama's now doing the constrictor ban? Yeah, so I mean, James brought that up earlier. I don't really know. I didn't really read much about it. But is I, it is it all the large constrictors? So it's all the quote-unquote injurious species uh, listed under Lacey Act, which, you know, that you know what that includes. And then I think tegus were thrown in on it. And then also I like the fact that they mentioned uh, they included abandoned like hydrophilidae or whatever the fuck it is, which is sea snakes. So, yeah, everybody who's captive keeping sneezes. Dude, snakes. I got to get re- – <laughs> I mean, half of my market's in Alabama. I mean, what am I going to do with my sea snakes? Dude, right? Fuck it. I say that. I'm like, I love how they make a point to include that. It's like for the whole, probably two people in the country who might have a sea snake. Can we use our imagination to just try to imagine how you would ever keep a sea snake? Like, first off, probably in a tub. After listening to these aquarium fucking podcast, I don't want to imagine that hell. 
all the protein skimmers and UV sterilizers and chillers. Like that's, <laughs> that's like fucking four thousand dollars just a fucking filter filtration uh, setup alone. And feeders, fuck that. Yeah, it's more fucking. It's more technology than goes into fucking the White House security, just to Dude. get damn things. So I was listening to one of the day. I was talking about cold, cold water, salt water setups. Which cold water is like Pacific Northwest, like fucking Oregon, Washington, Alaska, fucking species. So you want to have some steelhead? Yeah, they're, they're, keeping, they're keeping some like fucking tide pool gobies and shit. And they're talking about the the chillers alone, like for like I think they said ten gallon aquarium, a chiller was like fucking uh, six hundred fifty dollars, and they only went up in price. So one guy mentioned he had like a one hundred fifty gallon, and he had like a sixteen hundred dollar chiller to keep the seawater so cold. And I'm like, fuck that. That is something that I think will, uh, I hope that that mentality will come around to reptiles in some ways. Just these people are willing to spend that much on a setup to keep in reptiles. It's $5 plastic tub. That was kind of like the whole reason I started listening to this shit and check out the videos to learn shit from them. And then I kind of got sucked into it because I'm stupid. But uh, it's like, dude, like these guys will build these elaborate $2,200 setups for it's salt water in particular. It's usually where you hear the shit. And then they go out with a dip net and catch something out of a tide pool, like some fucking crazy, like Pacific, like shrimp or whatever, and gobies. And they put it in their tank at home. And it's like, what the fuck? Quarantine. Dude, blows my fucking mind. They're like, oh it's yeah, as though they are very much like if you look at their hobby as a whole, and I think that they're kind of handcuffed to like a lot of imports and wild caught animals. And uh, but their setups are a one million times better. We're great at like captive breeding, but our setups suck, donkey dicks. It's different. It's for sure that no. So, like, one, like, the wild-caught thing is I used to fucking be really hard. Like, mm, fuck wild-caught. There's this one they have it's, it's that aquarium guys one. Again, they mentioned a thing called Project Paiba. Paiba? I don't know. Ooh, probably butcher some fucking Portuguese. But the concept is the wild-caught fish they catch come from this uh, tributary of the Amazon. And so the concept is these fish that they come bring in actually aren't coming from wild populations. They catch them because the every year the river rises and floods the forest, and then when it recedes. There's all these pools that we always see, like you see the documentaries that came in or anaconda and these pools with all these fish, and that's where they catch these fish from, because the pools are gonna dry up anyway in the dry season, so they're gonna die anyway. So these locals are catching them and selling them to fucking so go on a plane to go back to America for people to keep and shit like that. And now they're getting to this point where it's kind of like some Steven Tillis shit where they're now the locals have GPS trackers and they're putting GPS coordinates to which part of the Amazon these fish come from and these pools or whatever. Mm. But dude, they have some, some captive husbandry. It's pretty crazy. It's very uh, rack like though. It's very, I mean, they literally have glass bottom tanks with a mop stuck in there. So they literally stick a mop in there. And so all the fry will stay in the mop. So the adults can't eat them. But just literally no decorations, like no substrate, just a glass bottom tank, and then they clean the tank every four or five days. So it's it's wild. There's, it definitely parallels for sure. And then the yeah. color 
the color variation they say I always think is funny. They're like, oh, there's different color forms to so their lime bread. And then if you ask a question on a aquatics group, they're like, what's, is this a recessive and incomplete dominant trait? Like, how is this? And like, I don't know, man, it just is. I'm like, did you fucking test spread this out? Like, heterozygous? Dude. Oh, dude, if you ask that shit, they look at you like you got four eyes. I asked some question because I really wanted to keep mollies, which are fucking weird in their own. But they're like, I'm like, so how's the high fin- the sail fins work? Are they like a separate species? Are they uh, incomplete dominant? What's going on? No one responds. And I'm like, okay, what's the genetics in these motherfuckers? No one responds. How the fuck's the tails work? Oh, I think they're recessive. How do you know? I don't know. I just have a feeling. <laughs> like, you motherfuckers been doing this since the goddamn 1950s, and y'all can't give it away a straight goddamn answer. Fuck y'all doing. Yeah. That's uh, just what they care about. I know. and it's, Their values lay in a different area. I know. And they're all for, like, I don't, it's just like they, it's so strange the concept. Like, they build these giant enclosures, but they get tired. Like, oh, I'm tired of these, keeping these fish now. And they go to like, you know, we have heart societies that have fish societies and they'll just throw the fish on the table and have an auction right there on the spot for them. That's the thing. Like the fish are so cheap in general. It's, uh, it must be interesting. It's like, imagine ball pythons. Like, you know, like, Oh, I have a pie ball, ball python. Let me just go to the heart society, put it on the table and be like, anybody want this before I kill it? And then it's like, you sell it for $30. Ooh, I can buy feeders. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not jealous. That's for sure. I'm not jealous, but I, also, I think it's really <laughs> we, we learn a lot about ourselves too. Like some yeah. guys, their like whole mission and goal in life is to like captive breed every wild caught species they can find to figure out what they can and can't do. Like there's this thing called there's a species called anableps anableps, and Karen knew about this before I did, which blew my mind. It's a, called the four eyed fish. And one of the podcasts, the guy was talking about how he loved, he like, his grandma talked about it whenever he was little. So he had to like try to keep these and not kill them. And they're fucking weird. It's a, it's a live bearing fish that has two pupils per eye. So it can look up and down at the same time. <laughs> and that was his whole goal was like to, like to reproduce anableps, anableps. Okay. I am looking this thing up. It is just. So it literally it goes on the top of the water, so we yeah. can see out of. They live primarily on the top of the water. So like it's like it has four yeah. eyes, but it yeah. has, really has two top eyes and two bottom eyes. Yeah, so it can see predators and prey. What the fuck? <laughs> it's so weird, but it's like that thing with the reptile hobby. And you have guys like Keith McPeak who are like they're trying to breed Bolins and shit. And that's kind of like, I feel like they fall in the same niche. They're like uh, crazy guys who are just, you know, like, oh, it's a wild cut. Nobody breeds these. I should breed these before these get, you know, or we can't get them anymore. Yeah. I think we know a lot of people like that. And so guys just chasing like a dollar bill, like, why don't we just do something just to, you know, just because. Yeah, those things are fucking freaky. I kind of like them, but I kind of don't at the same time. Yeah, like once you get too close, they get they get weirder. Like when they're in the water, on top of the water, they're like they're they're okay, they're chill. Yeah. But when you get up close, like holy fuck, it's things ugly. 
It's like kind of like seeing the selfie camera from that low angle where you just see your chin. Oh, dude, that low angle is terrible. That's why I have a beard. Nah, it's not good for you. Yeah. You beard is really just like a man's makeup. <laughs> Let's be honest. Dude, ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> that's why I've I've been trying significantly less, but have significantly more beard. It's really crazy. All for the uh, I don't know. Trying to that's the, keep that's, my face together. That's when you're Snapchatting, man. You gotta have that beard out when you're Snapchatting. You know, all my power derives from my facial hair. Because if, if you, I mean, if you shave it down. It's like yeah, you're like a solid six. But you think you got a beard? You're you're full blown like a bad motherfucker. And you're a seven. She doesn't even know. Yeah, you're yeah. A seven. God forbid if you saw this baby bear. <laughs> you know, God forbid they saw you in Tinley in 2018. Mm. <laughs> it's a bad sight. <laughs> it's rough. You look just like that picture of you at the King Snake then. You know, like a little baby boy. Like a bitch. I don't think I've ever seen you without a beard. <laughs> you haven't? I don't think. <laughs> Since I was 14, I haven't. No, I, every once in a blue moon, I get one. Usually involves would be shaving it down and leaving just a mustache. Mm-hmm. So I can really look like Tom Selleck. Well, you're like that guy in which, like, my beard isn't even a beard. Like, this is 5 o'clock shadow to you. And then Austin Wart makes me look like a bitch. And then if he curls his mustache, you're negative 10 points. Dude, if he curls his mustache, he looks like a fucking villain in an anime. I'm like, <laughs> try to fuck with him. He's going to like fucking come out and be like, unveil his dastardly plan to kidnap everybody. Hey. <laughs> mustache is devious. I can't do a fucking mustache. Fuck that noise. <laughs> I've done, uh, I've done just mustache. We used to have in the in the army. You used to have mustache <laughs> competitions, and uh, yeah, I was always pretty notorious in the mustache competitions. I was a pretty strong contestant, if I do say so myself. I'm just already picturing you look like a fucking dumbass wearing a mustache. That's the point. The whole point is that you look like a dumbass. You didn't. It doesn't your, matter. You didn't place your mustache. You're with a bunch of dudes, and like. Even then, a good mustache is a good mustache, man. That's true. You, can you make can't a, knock it. You could have been a bad fighter. It takes a certain takes a certain lady, but uh, it's a real hit. It's a real hit if you got a good army mustache. Not that you want to be a hit, but I mean, what are you gonna do, dude? That's what I tell you. What if Tim later comes back around? I'll just save it, shave it, and leave a mustache for you, just for you. There you go. Yeah. I'll scare off everybody. Even Taylor Nicole Dean. She won't even want to come near me. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh I don't think she'll be around. <laughs> oh yeah. You're a bad person. <laughs> but I'm an asshole. I forgot about is does she still making videos? I don't know. Pet tubes died pretty much. Pet move was quite. Pet two was quietly died. Everybody went to TikTok and Minecraft. <laughs> They're all doing the Fortnite dance now on TikTok, trying to get some followers. 
I'm doing the fizzy. Is that what they call it? Is that what I, they call fuck, it? I don't know. I just like TikTok. Fuck off. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Remember when you used to have a TikTok, Joe? I, I still do. It's just not a... Not you don't post wow. Her, her YouTube got real dark. Her Literally, her video is, I'm a heroin addict, the truth about everything. Oh, you know, it happens. Sometimes you come out and just tell people what's up. Uh, so the last video she had was seven months ago. And I feel bad, man. Like her, uh, I don't know. She had a meteoric rise and is now all fucked up. It happens. As in tradition. You'll, you'll have the Olympic jobs. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I, mean, I can't talk too much shit about it. It's just one of the things. It's like, it's like, whoa, fuck. What happened well, there? it was weird because, like, I lived, uh, I was in Texas, and it's like around the shows. I had heard like when she was first becoming a thing. Like, I started YouTube right when she did, right? Okay. So it's like, I saw her do all this, and then she was just like a normal girl from Texas, like normal person. She had like a tortoise in the backyard. I'm like, oh, okay, this is a thing. And then she would go to all the local shows. All of a sudden, she's in L.A. And then, like, then I hear she's with this guy who's a total scumbag. And then all this happens. I don't know. It's shitty. It's unfortunate. You're like, this was a fully functioning, well-intentioned, on-the-right-path human being. And all of a sudden, bam, here you are. Then, bam. Gotta prove, and it just tells you that everybody hides all the fucking bad shit. Well, I don't even know. I just think like she was probably too young and went, you know, went to LA, and you have a whole bunch of different inputs that you're not used to. Yeah, um, sure. and then weird shit happens. So, I guess you can't really like be jealous of people who are young and successful because you could definitely fall into a bunch of fucking traps, dude. People who are young and successful, they don't fucking do the right shit. That seems like they always get fucked. They always get fucked in the end. I would have. I would have fucking I would have done everything if I was like if I was like twenty two. Thank goodness you had drill sergeants who were like holding your collar, like, you can't do nothing, bitch. Yeah, like I needed some very strict guidance. That's <laughs> it's like uh, you meet the wrong people and you're like, Oh, these are fun people. Oh fuck, where am I at now? Yeah. Oh, it's well. Yeah, Pet Tube has just died. I don't know if you noticed. Pet Tube has really just chilled the fuck out recently. I think it's also because just the algorithm changed, right? So you're seeing less people get videos to this particular video that they're used to making, and now you got to make the video. You know how I spent twenty thousand dollars and lost it all in snakes or some bullshit. You know, you gotta you gotta make it financial now. That's the algorithm. You're just you're a, a slave to the algorithm. And uh, and really, like, YouTube is not an easy fucking thing to keep up. Yeah. If people think it's easy, just fuck off. It's so much fucking work. You can also uh, only unbox so many animals for your own room. And, like, they only you can only keep so many different species in the same room and have them all live and then – also, you got to deal with the fact that when your one animal dies, people are a piece of shit to you. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you don't know what you're doing. It's dead. And it's. 
just having that many opinions in your collection just seems brutal. It's uh, just people are fucking assholes for also in general. People are just like everybody's like entitled to be like, I think you should keep this. And then if you don't keep that, then it's like, it's like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Like, what the fuck, dude? Who are you? And then there's a whole different set of like rules when it comes to like the mainstream. I think Nathan asked this question in the chat, but he said, what are your thoughts on the herping community versus the breeding community? It seems as though herpers don't like breeders. What do you think? And I think that back when, when I first started, herpers were breeders, breeders were herpers. It would all, it was all pretty entangled. And now I feel like, Maybe he's talking about like herping, herping, like out in the field. But I, I'm thinking more of like mainstream. There's like almost three sectors where there's like field herping, mm-hmm. and there is breeders, and then there is like me- mainstream reptile keepers. And it's like uh, field herpers. I feel like are usually more scientific based. They're probably cool with. The people who know their shit, they probably don't like ball python breeders like morph people. They're probably like, oh, those guys, you know. Yeah, they they probably like just fucking doing their own thing. I, I don't know. I feel like field herpers are the most like non-problematic people ever. Do their own shit and they're not like – they're not flashy about it. Like like – uh, I fucking love Noah and all his field herping videos because he just like is like flipping tin like oh look a king snake and that's it. He didn't talk shit about nobody. There's no yeah yeah. There's no there's no like outside inputs at all. It just is what it is. I like, think that's like, like sappy cuts where he's like here's my opinion. It's like no, nah, it's just fucking Noah flipping tin or ch- walking up a creek having a good fucking time. Yeah. And then uh, if you talk like herpers, like I don't know, like uh, like Dave, Dave Kaufman's herpers. I think that I always thought that was the breeding community. Like, right. Yeah. Like, like that is the, that's the overall community. But then there's like the mainstream herpers, which is usually, I feel like just the younger kids who are into the pet tubers and stuff like that. And that's, I, and I always feel like those people usually end up like, it's kind of like Riley always says, either you're in it or you're like, you think you're in it. Where like they're in it, they're like fucking hardcore. They're on pet tube and they got their bearded drag. And I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying like it's what it is. Like they have their bearded drag and their kink snake, their ball python, whatever. Uh, they keep for like fucking. And then they end up maybe get a job at Petco or PetSmart, and they're like they're about it. And then they're like, this is fucking stupid. And then they just back out, and they still keep their animals. They don't fucking get rid of. They just keep it. And then there's that kid who goes on their own rabbit hole, who becomes like a herper times two and it's like they're like googling how to import patias coronata and shit like that <laughs> i don't know just and then, yeah there's some people who take it to the next level for whatever reason and it's just uh and then the breeding thing it's like i don't know because some breeders like you're people like oh i hate fucking hate breeders and they aren't talking about the guy who has like a, a like a side room who, who's got like some passion projects they're usually talking about big operations that uh usually throw uh usually throw ethics to the side and then they keep like they're like you're the people you hear like oh i got this you know ball python from insert big breeder here it has mites 
It's like the it's puppy male of the reptile world, essentially. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. I think there's yeah, not all breeders are are alike and in similar in size. I mean, there's big breeders from small breeders, hobbyist breeders, there's yeah. all in between. You know, your Nick Mine isn't your isn't your reptile industries, also isn't your Joe Fallon. I mean, I'm just one guy. Yeah, and I don't know. I just always think it's weird because because like, even like I think some of those big breeders are trying to like PR now and uh make their build their reputations back up now. <laughs> Have you seen that? Oh man. Oh fuck. If anyone wants to see some some posts that say, hey, this is someone jerking me off. Let me let me put it on positive pythons. I mean, that is going on at the moment. Oh, fucking positive pythons. I oh, love it. Talking about putting polish on a fucking turd. I love that group. I joined that community two years ago and thought, this is so nice. And then six weeks later, like, holy fuck, they're stupid. The positive underground is actually extremely negative. That's the, the weird thing about being positive. It's well, almost like, you know, it's like that thing where you go, you go so positive that you're actually negative. You're just a giant piece of shit trying to cover up the fact that you're uh, a negative Python. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> Oh dear, man! Fuck, that's a such an interesting group, <laughs> filled with all the scumbags. Uh, am I allowed to say this stuff? It's the third hour, right? Am I? No I can say this far. stuff now. No one's made it this far. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's oh, just, it's just scumbags of the earth, and you're like, what the fuck? Who let you in here? This is my customer telling me I'm the shit. Look at this. I never fought dogs once. <laughs> Was that too specific? Hmm? <laughs> Holy shit. You leave Doc Ansel out of this. I, <laughs> <laughs> you leave Doc Ansel out of this. God damn. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pee again. It's the third hour. I think we did it. I think we did it I too. Got, I gotta feed babies. I gotta go work in the morning. <laughs> oh god. This is a this should have been a Friday show, but you made it a fucking Tuesday show, you motherfucker. Dude, I uh I drank the beers and uh yeah, I had a good time. I appreciate you coming on because uh, I obviously wasn't gonna talk to myself for three hours. For some reason, like when you were you start talking, I was like, he's gonna invite somebody on there. Like I thought you were gonna hit up like Smith or somebody, but because uh, last time you did a Q and A, actually went pretty good. You lasted fucking forever. I'm not in the same. Uh, I'm not in the same energy space. Uh, I had a lot of untapped energy. That was like the beginning of before things started hatching, and I'm like still excited. Yeah, you didn't have 200 babies that like needed food every fucking you know three days. Yeah, now I'm like. Please, I'm like low crawling through the mud, yelling, "Get me out of here!" But uh, yeah, so sometimes I need I need a good release, just talking to someone who I uh, like talking to. In comparison to like trying to keep up with myself talking to myself, I mean that takes a lot. And these are stupid, you know, our stupid fucking questions we ask you left and right. And you're like, oh, what do you think about fucking coral glow? Like, no one gets that. Yeah, it's a lot easier just to have a conversation. It, even if it's yeah. side rails, talks about pet two fucking animal planet early. What do you mean? Uh, That's exactly what, 
people want us to bullshit about bullshit but i mean we just we try not to because uh but yeah that's ultimately i'm sure people will find a little bit of a little gem in there somewhere it's, it's the greatest gutter to your podcast ever i'm telling you right now. <laughs> the greatest gutter to your podcast Hey, Ryan, if people want to uh, see what you got going on, where can they find you? What's your OnlyFans? Yeah, my OnlyFans account is at BigPython69. <laughs> positive Pythons. <laughs> yeah, it's PositivePythons69 at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're some reason stupid and you want to see a picture of my animals and shit and see what the fuck goes from there, you can follow me on Specialized Fauna on Facebook. Uh, if you're extra stupid, I have an Instagram. It's special F. It's more like, <laughs> yeah, it's everything under the sun. Uh, All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, buddy. Yeah, of course. It was fun. Uh, we got to uh, talk some shit and uh, have some fun. So, portcitypet.com, portcitypython, portcitypet on Instagram. I don't remember anymore. It's too far into this thing. Buy some coconut hides, people. Oh, yeah. There's. It puts the lime in the coconut. It puts it puts the dart frog in the coconut. There you go. Perfect. There you go. We did it. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs>